Talk Live. Talk Live, talk radio that you control, 603-283-6160 is the number for you to call if you have anything on your mind that you want to talk about with us, anything we're talking about, you can join in or you can bring up whatever you want, it's Free Talk Live, and in the studio with you tonight, it's me, Bonnie, Nikki, and it's Ian, and tonight I want to talk about a lot of stuff about cops, have a lot of stuff about cops and just the government kind of sucking in general here tonight including a police officer, I mean, a, a whole town's police off, uh, um, office, I don't know what you call it, police department. department, that got deactivated. So that's pretty good Yay. news. We have some more bad news. Uh, you could probably cover that, Ian, about Liverland. Liverland. Yeah, we talked about it last week, right, right, on the Wednesday show? We talked about it last week, and we have uh, more bad news about it that's happened since then. But I think we should start off with this from mysanantonio.com. Somebody sent this to me on Twitter, maybe because they saw it was San Antonio or something, um, and it's pretty funny. It says, underpopulated, over-policed Texas town leads to police chief termination. After investigative reports showed a small East Texas town had one officer for every five residents. Whoa, What? Yeah. They had 250 people in the whole town and 50 of them were police officers. Usually the ratio is considered, I believe, 500 to 1. That's sort Hmm. of like the standard policing ratio. If you're higher than that or lower, however you want to look at it, if there's more police officers per, you know, like one for every 250 people, that's considered a heavy level of policing. One for every five people? Yeah, just... Having two hundred fifty people in a town and fifty of fifty people driving around writing tickets is crazy. So normally, when you have two hundred fifty people in a town, there is no police department. Yeah, there's like right. one. You know, cop. like normally it, it would just be like whatever the sheriff or the county. State but police, you wouldn't, yeah, yeah, stuff like that. But like you wouldn't have a police department for two hundred and fifty people. I mean, that's like a middle Generally, of nowhere no. town. I mean, although um, here in New Hampshire, your mileage may vary because some towns. As large as I think Westmoreland, which is the town west of Keene, mm-hmm. where we're living here, uh, that town has no cop, but they used to. So they actually abolished their police department they only have like one? 10 years ago. Yeah, I think they had one or one and a half or something like that. <laughs> one what? and a half. <laughs> yeah, a part-timer. Yeah. Um, and, but uh, Roxbury, which is the town to the east North. of Keene, oh. uh, is like a 200-person town. And the last I heard, they still had a cop or two there. Yeah, like so it's kind of just based off of what the people vote it's for. It's totally based off of yeah. that, yeah. But well, I don't. I can't imagine people would have voted to pay in a 250-person town for 50 cops, right? That's what we're talking about here, that, right? That's a good point. Like, just paying for that is a lot for 250 people. I, that's, like, completely unaffordable. I, I can't even understand how that could even it's happen. East Texas, lots of small towns and, like, just oil rigs and stuff. I feel like those types of people would love their cops. Hmm. So this is from MySanAntonio.com, but it's nowhere near there. It's like, I've never even heard of it. It's called Coffee City, which I like the name. It's a great name. 
Um, I don't even understand this part of the sentence. After investigative reports showed that a small East Texas town had one officer for every five residents. Why do you need an investigative report to figure that out? Like, there's 250 people that should be on a sign somewhere. And then uh, 50 of 50 people working for the police department. But whatever. Um, the After that happened, city officials canned their police chief... And deactivated the police department. So I'm not sure really? if that means they'll come back. Because deactivated doesn't sound like a permanent deletion. Now It's lo- kind of strange, though. It is strange. It, like, I didn't know that weird. was a thing. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. whole thing is very odd. Yeah, I, I, deactivated doesn't sound permanent to me. So yeah, I didn't, I've never heard of that being a thing. It says, now locals are showing up at City Hall to have their tickets dismissed due to over-policing. <laughs> You don't okay. say. <laughs> Coffee City, a town in East Texas with a population of 250, had 50 officers heavily patrolling city streets and issuing millions of dollars in traffic tickets. Outrageous. According to a KHOU 11 investigative report, so some news agency. I, I would love to know, and maybe maybe your story has this, this information in it, what portion of the town budget, they call this a city, but there's literally 250 people living in hmm. it, uh, what what portion of this city budget was actually going to the well, police? They call it a town. It's just called Coffee City, a town in East Texas. It says that's confusing, but yeah. okay. Uh, so what portion of the city bu- or town budget was going to the police? It must be a huge chunk. Yeah. And then also, what in addition to their police budget were the police generating in ticket revenue? Because it sounds like they're just ticketing the hell out of the other 200 people in this yeah. town or whoever drove through there. Okay, I mi- mixed up East and West, by the way. It, there's a lot more going on in East Texas than West Texas. I mixed mm-hmm. that up. But this is East of Dallas. No, no, it says North of Houston. So I was like, oh, yeah. and I face-palmed. way further North of Houston. It's a little closer to Dallas. So. Um, but it, I still would say that area likes their cops. They're right by Louisiana. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sure most of, of Texas, Texas probably likes would, cops. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just confused. Like, how did this happen? How? Yeah, how what's did the it... background on this? I... Yeah, like, where did 50 cops come from in a town of 250 <laughs> people? You this know place what I mean? just sounds like a place built to just, like, make revenue. It's, it's so, I mean, they said they well, have millions now, of dollars. You're saying the town people got upset about it no. and they put a stop to it? It's not that the town no. people rose up. It's a KHOU 11 reporter did an investigative report about it. And right. then like, since light was shown on it, they just dismantled their well, police department. I mean, it sounds like what they're issuing millions of tic- tickets a year. Is millions that what of it's? dollars worth? Yes, oh, millions, millions of dollars. I knew it was millions something. So either way, it sounds like the cops in this town are harassing these people. I mean, why would why would they be happy about that? I uh, You really have to love the police to love being oppressed by them. But there really are people like that. But yeah. it sounds to me like, Bonnie, they're taking this police department out because the people are fed up. I mean, the, otherwise, why would the government do it? If, if the city council has voted to abolish the police department or put it on hold or whatever the terminology was that you used, they're deactivate. doing that, deactivate, they're doing that because they think it's going to be popular, right? Otherwise, they would never touch the police because they know Maybe that the cops... Maybe the people rose up because they read the story, but it, it says that it's right after this KHOU 11 report mm-hmm. came out. Um, it, it has a quote from the guy... The reporter from KHOU 11, Jeremy Rogalski, he said, there's not much to Coffee City, Texas. Two liquor stores, a couple of dollar stores, 
because there's always got to be like a couple mm-hmm. in every like tiny town, a pizza joint and a motel. But this town, which is three hours north of Houston, has quite a reputation among those who drive through. And I'm sure that's what it is. So they're they're really trying to get the the out of staters or the out of towners. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it like right on the border? Since you were looking, uh, border? No, it's some ways away from like the Louisiana Shreveport border or whatever. Hmm. Um, Louisiana. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not right on the border. Because no. I know, like even in New Hampshire, a lot of the border towns. They like the cops pretty much only pull over Massachusetts drivers. Like hmm. they're they're pretty much just like speed trapping, waiting for people from Massachusetts. Because people from outside of town are just more likely to pay the ticket. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, I don't know why. I mean, they're less likely. Like if you get pulled over and they see that you're from that town, most of the local cops are less likely to give you a ticket than if they see you're from you know like Manchester or mm. somewhere in Massachusetts. I, I Probably because that. you won't fight it. In mm-hmm. most states, I, I've always heard like if you have like eight out of state licenses, then people are you're, are gonna say to you like, oh, you, you might get pulled over because you got an out of state license. But I never really thought about why. Maybe it's because they don't want to deal with like people they have to see over and over again. Yeah, and I and I do think Ian's right. Like it, it has a lot to do with people are not going. I mean, if you're on a cross country road trip, you're from New Hampshire and you get pulled over in Louisiana, you're not gonna. Are, like, are you going to fly back down to Louisiana for your court date? To fight date? it, yeah. Probably not. I mean, it might not be worth the effort. Yeah, this is um, right nearby Tyler, Texas, if you know where that is. No. I've heard of it. <laughs> Tyler, Texas. All right, what else? It says the news outlet reported the 50 officers employed in the sleepy town earned the city more than $1 million in fines in 2022. Wow. With over 5,100 citations in a year. That seems like a lot. It does. There's only 365 days in a mm-hmm. year. I wonder if there's like a highway that cuts through it or something. Or yeah. Or like a main route people. where people are traveling. Probably. Yeah, because that would is. make sense. I mean, even, but even to have 50 cops in one town is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. You know, unless it's a city. But I mean, that's just absolutely crazy. Even if they did have this scheme to like, oh, we're going to get a bunch of revenue from all of these people that drive through and speed. I mean, that... It, it just seems ridiculous. Yeah, maybe these cops are paying for themselves. Maybe the people weren't that mad about it because the cops are just paying for themselves. Well, yeah, exactly. So if they're not harassing the locals and they're just harassing mm-hmm. people driving through, then maybe the locals wouldn't be a, as upset about it. You but know? apparently they were because a lot of people are coming now to town hall to get their tickets refunded mm-hmm. or whatever. Or not refunded, but thrown out. Um, It says, Coffee City was employing five times the number of cops... Cities of similar size would retain, according to the Texas Commission on Law Enforcement Records, obtained by KHOU11. As a result of the investigation to the unusual level of law enforcement in the town, Coffee City Council didn't even take 15 minutes to nix its police chief, John J. Portillo, and deactivate its police department, according to a September 11th article from KHOU11. I wonder if that literally means that, that they didn't take 15 minutes. The reporter for KHOU 11. That means there wasn't much debate. That's all it means? It just came up and it got passed. The reporter for KHOU 11 obtained several personnel records on the officers hired to patrol the city. And not only did the investigation show the place was over-policed, but the officers hired had often been relieved of duty in other places and had inappropriate social media interactions. Whoa. 
So this so, is just the place that all the this bad is cops the dregs. Go? Yeah, like the yeah. dregs of the the police from the other departments hmm. ended up at Coffee City, apparently. I wonder what was really going on behind the scenes here. Yeah, this sounds sketchy. Like there has to be more because this mm-hmm. just doesn't happen, you know. By the way, uh, Keene, New Hampshire, which is where we broadcast this show from, has a population of about 20 to 23,000, somewhere depending on the college and whether it's in session or not. So this town has 250 people that mm-hmm. we're talking about, Coffee City. Keene's got, you know, a lot more than that, right? Like 100 times more mm-hmm. than that. And I think Keene, last I heard a few years back, had like 48 cops. Whoa, <laughs> so that's it? They yeah. literally have more. Yeah. I That's mean, crazy. even 48 to me sounds It's high. a lot. It's a lot. It I think does it sound is, high. I think Keen does have more than the one in 500 number, but. Hmm. And it's just kind of laughable because it's like, okay, this is Keen, New Hampshire. Like, there's not really very much crime. You know, like, yeah. what are they doing? And when the uh, college kids aren't in session, what are they doing at all? Just seems like there's not a lot of Giving people on speeding tickets. Tackling high schoolers for vaping. Yeah. Probably. In the bathroom. <laughs> That happened. Yep. A couple Did that of years really happen? Yeah, they tackled oh some kid gosh. for vaping in the bathroom. And all the students walked out the next day. Yeah, protect and serve, you know? Mm-hmm. The personnel files showed an officer terminated for posting a Facebook message to a citizen saying, you should kill yourself. Do the world a favor, the article reads. Wow. Wow. An officer suspended for smashing a window and entering his girlfriend's home without consent. Yikes. Two officers terminated for lying on their job applications. There were, Just to clarify, these officers were working for Coffee City, but these are the reasons you're giving for why they were fired from their other, other jobs. Yeah. Okay. There were several other incidents under, uncovered by the news outlet. Now, after the scandal, residents are looking to have their traffic tickets dropped. According to a report released Thursday, September 21st by Fox News affiliate KETK. Well, I intend to come up here with the hopes of getting the ticket dismissed since they dismissed all of their policemen, unquote. <laughs> well, you know, that's an interesting point because, you know, normally I wouldn't think the city would be inclined to grant somebody just to dismiss their ticket. However, um, if this person who wants their ticket dismissed is to say, well, give me my trial, There's gonna be no are they going to call the you know the fired cops are they going to be in the area anymore do they you know do they move out of town how hard is it going to be to actually get this cop to come back from you know wherever it is he moves to whatever scummy department hires him next it's probably not going to be next door to coffee city it's probably going to be some ways away somewhere else in texas or shreveport or wherever and then you know they got to bring him back for court so good chance if they don't drop your ticket just go ahead and challenge it take it to court and then i bet you they'll drop it then um, that was Steve Prather, who was at Coffee City Hall to oppose his violation. Um, now, the news outlet says residents are questioning whether they should pay the fines or contest them, as the city secretary said traffic violators must pay the fines or have the uh. the officer, who is likely either su- suspended or terminated, to testify to the lawfulness of the ticket. Exactly what I was just saying. One man, according to KETK, questioned how these subpoenaed officers can be trusted. <laughs> That's another they- good point. How can they have a policeman being a witness that they've terminated or suspended or whatever you call it? What mm-hmm. quality of a witness would that be, Prather said? Solid argument. Yeah, I mean, you, this is one of the reasons why the police in New Hampshire didn't want the uh, what they call the Lori list revealed. So in New Hampshire, there's this list. It was a secret. The government's still, I think, fighting to keep some of the list secret. 
but they had to reveal it on the order of the Supreme Court of New Hampshire, I think two years ago or something like that. And this list is essentially a list of all police in New Hampshire in the last 50 years or whatever it is that have had some sort of disciplinary issue uh, that has been like founded, right? Like there's a lot of complaints against the police. Most of those complaints never get, you know, seriously investigated. But these are the officers who had a complaint against them. And there was a, the department themselves came back with the response that, yes, there was some reason for this complaint. This officer has been, you know, shamed or sternly talked to or whatever it is. And they had to put them onto this list. They did not want that list to get out. Now it sounds like that sort of information has gotten out about the Coffee City uh, people. And any one of these cops who has these issues can absolutely be impeached. Now, look, I'm not a lawyer, but this is my understanding of if you can find if you are in a case where the police officer against you has some issue in his past of being dishonest, bring that up. Yeah. And motion for the court to dismiss that witness and then dismiss the charges, because if that's the only person who's the witness against you, they cannot be trusted. If they have proven to be untrustworthy in other areas, then they can't be like their word is no good anymore. Yeah. So I think these people in Coffee City have a strong case. Yeah, even just through the fact that they're, I would just contest it no matter what because their police officer might not show up. Sure, I mean, that's the principled thing to do. Yeah. And you're not just saying that, Bonnie. You actually did uh, contest some parking tickets here in Keene recently. Just one. Oh, just one. That's right. Yeah, it was just one. Um, But you won because you did contest it. And you made some strong arguments, and uh, the judge dismissed the case before he even issued the ruling. I also got my um, restraining order I was going after the other day. That's true. That's a different story, though. It's not quite activism, but it was good. So, still yeah. a win. Yeah, still a win. Um, so, yeah, that's all we have about Co- Coffee City. I thought that was a really crazy story. Um, yeah, that's just so strange. It It must be a highway that goes through and just pulls people over all day. I did mention the Liberland story. And if you want, I can read it, Ian. But if you have it there, you can read it. I have Liberland if you want. Sure. Uh, Last week, we talked about Liberland, which is a experimental country, uh, for lack of a better term, that exists in what they call no man's land. This is a uh, area of the world. There's not very many of these. In fact, there may be no more than you know one or two uh, of the. In this case, it's a land. It's a swamp in the Danube River between Croatia and Serbia, and it's I believe seven kilometers square. So like two, three miles, two, three square miles. Not a very large place. And they are uh, libertarians have been claiming this particular land for close to a decade at this point. And then in August, they finally announced that Liberland is open for settlement. And last week, we talked in detail about what that means, what are the requirements for somebody to go and settle Liberland, how is it going. Uh, It looked like there was one house that had been built. Hmm. They had a plan to build this sort of, uh, you know, Liberland government uh, facility building thing. And we were criticizing Liberland last week because they had made a statement that they were going to adopt all of the Croatian government's building codes. Oh, that's a strange thing to do. But without requiring the permits. So they were like adopting the 
standards, I guess, of what you should build to. You know, you mm-hmm. have to have a certain type of electricity, you know, wiring quality or whatever, right? Yeah. Like whatever you know, stuff you have to do to build a house in Croatia, they would say you have to do in Liberland. And that's one thing. I don't think too many people are opposed to the idea of building standards, but... Especially if there's no um, repercussion or, you know, there's, if there's no, no... Right. There's no enfor- enforcement system there. But speaking of enforcement, the things that we were really criticizing Liberland for was that they made an announcement that they were also going to adopt the, and had announced that they were adopting the Croatian criminal law system. The entirety of the Croatian criminal code they were adopting for Liberland, and they further said they were going to grant uh, jurisdiction to the Croatian police to enforce the Croatian criminal code. Just live in Croatia then. Yep. Uh, right. th- and that's what it's basically like. It's like now you live in a crappy spot of Croatia instead of living in like the city or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah like a nice part. Yeah, exactly. So it, that yeah, is it, so strange to me. You live yeah. in a swamp in Croatia. They, it sounded to me like on, you know, day number 40 of the move into Liberland, they went ahead and just ceded the entire territory to Croatia. And they were saying, oh, no, this is just temporary. We, uh, cri- cr- uh, criminality is an international problem. They had all this stuff uh, surrounding the announcement that just made absolutely no sense at all. It totally seemed like it was pandering to the UN or like the international yeah. governments to try to get them to, because that's been what they've been trying to do for the last decade is they've been trying to get other governments which are you know thugs right these are just people who are ruling over others with violence they're trying to get those other government people to acknowledge liberland as one of them so i think that's what sort of motivated this move on their part to look we are serious about crime so we're going to adopt the entirety of including all the bad criminal laws right because croatia isn't known as i mean they are in the top hundred as far as you know more free countries but they're not a free place, right? There is no. there's no free country. So you know there's a ton of bad laws. There's a ton of bad I'm sure there's a war on drugs in uh, in Croatia or whatever and they just adopted it all. So, literally 2 or 3 days after we did this story. Yep. In fact, I think it was the next day. We just didn't hear about it until Friday. Headline from liberlandpress.com. This is the headline. Brutal. Croatia invades Liberland destroys houses well so bad you don't say so the croatian police went in and literally destroyed everything the liberlanders had created unto that point are you surprised would you move to liberland under these conditions 603-283-6160 it's free talk live this hour of free talk live is brought to you by dash digital cash Dash is the cryptocurrency designed to be used for spending. In addition to being one of the world's first cryptocurrencies, Dash was the first crypto project to have a decentralized autonomous organization that to this day continues to improve and promote Dash. Every month, 10% of the mining rewards go into a treasury. Anyone with one Dash to spend can put forward a proposal to the Dash masternodes. The masternodes vet the proposals and decide which ones move forward and are funded by that treasury. Nowadays, DAOs are plentiful, but Dash paved the way by doing it first nearly a decade ago. Dash is one of the oldest cryptocurrencies and is widely available on exchanges, including the decentralized Maya Protocol and in multi-crypto wallets. It's easy to get and use Dash. Start by learning more at Dash.org. Thanks to the Dash DAO for sending us 32 Dash per month to promote Dash on the air. Visit Dash.org to learn about Dash. Dash.org. 
from the Liberland president. That's what we're going to get into here next after they allowed the Croatian government. Um, I, I think they basically allowed it by adopting their rules. And saying I don't they think could, so. They could come I mean, in and police. I don't think it's a coincidence. Right. You know what I mean? I think it would have happened anyway. Ian I, keeps I saying it, that because he just sometimes well, just asserts things he thinks. No, but. I mean, I'm, I've been following the Liberland thing for the last decade, ever since they've been around. We've interviewed Jedlicka, who is the president. He's going to be in this video that you've pulled up here. Bonnie, we've had him on the air on Free Talk Live, I think more than once. So I'm kind of familiar with the, what's been going on there a little, right? More so probably than the average person. And the Croatian government has been harassing Liberlanders ever since they tried going to Liberland. They've been mm-hmm. arresting uh, the Liberlanders in the, from the earliest days when they first tried to go from Serbia to this supposed no man's land that is owned by no country in the middle of the Danube River, and the Croatian government thugs were arresting the Liberlanders. So the yeah, fact but that, that was that, before they uh, created like an understanding with Croatia. Yeah, Croatia. supposedly the president of Liberland has met with the president of Croatia and had some sort of at least what they thought was some kind of an understanding, but apparently yeah, the police didn't get the memo. And they went in there and just tore the hell. I mean, you just barely got into the story, Bonnie, or I barely got into it here. Um, I'll, I'll, t- I'll give you a few details. On well, the- I, I didn't even introduce us. Yeah. That, um, this sure. is Free Talk Live, and I'm Bonnie here in the studio with you tonight. And you also have Nikki and Ian. So um, you've got video that we can play. But just to bring you up to speed on what happened, it was Thursday morning last week. A private company on the orders of Zupan Inspector acting on behalf of the Croatian Forest Department made an unannounced extraterritorial incursion into Liberland and demolished and removed Liberland property. Liberlanders living on the land were threatened with arrest if they interfered. An unspecified number of Liberlanders were arrested under the vague charges of, quote, failure to comply with a lawful order. Now, you ladies are making the point that by adopting the Croatian criminal code, they were essentially inviting this attack and by the Croatian the police. Croatian police in. They get, they didn't just adopt the Croatian code. They said that that's our code and we allow the Croatian police they to did enforce say, them. They did say that. I just it doesn't feel like a coincidence to me that it just happened. Happened to be like within the same week later, yeah. you know, and, and maybe you know the people of Liberland were trying to. Prevent because if they've been harassed by Croatia for you know the past ten years, maybe they were trying to prevent that and it backfired. Well, I don't know what the real story is, but I think it's a really bad look that they allowed the Croatian yeah. police to have jurisdiction over their property, and then the Croatian police came in and destroyed it. I think it would look worse for Croatia if they hadn't adopted their criminal laws so they did do they did adopt the croatian criminal laws and then the cops came in and destroyed all their stuff so i mean it's a it's a real shame uh and i hope that they will unadopt the croatian criminal laws if they even i mean the whole thing is just absolutely ridiculous i mean the, why would they have done that in the first place? They thought it, I think they just thought it was going to curry favor with the Croatian yeah. government. It and just doesn't sound very liberty oriented. No. You know, like it's not a very it's like libertarian thing to do. No, I agree. It's not something that I would move to the middle of nowhere to live under for you know the name of freedom. Yeah, to live in a mosquito-filled swamp when the cops can just come in and destroy your home that you spent twenty-five days building. Then again, we live in a mosquito-filled swamp, and the cops just that's true. Came and Good destroyed point, our Bonnie. home. 
True. Um, well, Although we are still living in it, so it wasn't completely dissembled. <laughs> this is um, the English version. But I got to say, the language, I mean, the title of this YouTube video is in what I'm assuming is... Croatian and I gotta say what a strange language it looks like a mixture of like oh you didn't pick the oh, English one that may not be in English then. no when I clicked on it was English um there were three different versions. yeah no it says Liberland in English okay so it doesn't have those what's it called the Russian uh-huh. uh characters I don't know what those but are it's called. not it doesn't have so it has the the Liberlanders and free citizens of the world see it's English okay, it's okay English. but I'm saying it has it written out in like our letters mm-hmm. but it says. I'm just saying, it looks like a mixture of like Dutch with like the names of yoga poses. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, so here's him in English. This is Jed. I mean, not, sorry, Viet. Jedlichka, I believe is how it's pronounced. I always want to call him Jed because Jedlichka has. Yeah, J E D. Yeah, yeah. It starts like that. Okay, so here's him talking about what happened. President Jed. Dear Liberlanders and free citizens of the world, Liberland is facing unprecedented attack by Croatia. Free citizens? Come on. Now we already know that he's not really a libertarian. Mm-hmm. authorities. A group of Croatian policemen and people from the forestry came and confiscated all personal property on territory of Liberland. What's people from the forestry? The Like the forest department, basically, mm-hmm. in Croatia? They have also brutally destroyed all our buildings, including the building for Liberland security. No, no, show me first, and then you can I, give me a... I'm, 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 show me first, and then you can... Wow. So, right there, what we were listening to was... Um, the cops okay sorry i'm using the wrong thing this one yep that's the one so the cops are trying to take something in this guy's house or go into this guy's house and there's he's saying, one house that they'd built so far oh, wow. when this happened he and was saying uh, they destroyed it show me first maybe like a permit mm-hmm. and then you can do it and the cops are like no and they're just like pushing him well why should they show him a permit i mean they are absolutely outside of their jurisdiction I mean, even though Liberland has adopted the criminal code, this isn't a criminal act, right? Like, there's, mm. this is the forest department. I mean, they've just built a house or whatever. I mean, maybe there is. Maybe that is a criminal act, but it, sh- it certainly shouldn't be. Um, but the whole idea that having a warrant would have made this thing okay is also absurd. Yeah. Well, here they are pushing him out. It's legal command to move. So move. I'm Don't touch no, myself. Move. Don't touch me. Don't touch me. Okay, I tackled him. So the cops trying to take his camera. He says, "Don't touch it." And then he says, "Don't touch me." And then then he's on the ground. So that's what's going on there. Guys, you're stealing personal things. What are you doing? No, this is our personal belonging. No, 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 no. We are They're taking this lady's surfboard. Yeah, there's like a surfboard. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's the thing. It's like, what is the point of that? Right. There's a surfboard. There's like boxes of tomatoes. And um, they were showing the cops. Or they're not even cops. They have like hard hat wearing forest people. There's cops and there's forest people there. And uh, they're... Taking away There's a lot things. of cops. There's a photograph that shows at least a dozen cops. I just meant in, uh, that, that, in that take with the surfboard. It was just like these people with hard hats. So I assume they're like the forestry people yeah. taking those things away. Yeah, there's like a on truck they're loading stuff up. ...community as well as on Croatian politicians and Croatian institutions to stop this madness. It is unnecessary, unprovoked act of violence against our peaceful nation, against our borders, Mm. and against our sovereignty. We hope this is the last incident in our long-lasting relations. 
and we are announcing the construction of hotel, new marina project, <laughs> as well as a huge adventure park in the center of Liberland. Which we would be awesome, this. like, if they could actually do those things, if they can build a hotel and an adventure park yeah, adventure in Liverland. I mean, is there enough space for that? It, it just showed a picture. That's why I was, like, question mark. Three um, square miles. I mean, you could probably fit an adventure well, park in there. he said adventure park, and then a picture popped up that was just three, like, cabins. I think that's the hotel. That no, he says to. hotel. It shows that. It shows a picture for that, and then he says, and an adventure park, and it's just the three yeah, cabins. I don't think they have a picture of the rendering or whatever for the the adventure park but um i i mean i hope that the president there is right that this is the last time but i don't see any reason to believe that it would be the last time they've made many arrests over the last 10 years uh, it seemed like the arrests had calmed down that there weren't arrests that were happening at least we have not heard about mm-hmm. them prior to this uh, attack on the settlement of liberland so now that people are settling liberland all of a sudden croatia has taken a new interest in bringing the police in there and in, there's like a list of things here by the way that they have on this uh, liberlandpress.com article of the things that were destroyed uh, according to them two well-constructed garden houses one marina house one well-constructed and fully functioning field kitchen with multiple refrigeration units and stoves so how are they destroying them like just going in there and taking them tearing apart yeah taking them or just destroying them Whoa. in some way uh, generators and electronic equipment a starlink antenna and router quad bike bicycles and other transportation food and other supplies and personal belongings so like anything that wasn't part of the land it sounds like mm-hmm. they have gone and confiscated and or smashed it or something like that so i'm just wondering what they've been doing here up until this point like if they've just started settling it mm-hmm. because, in august yeah yeah because it sounds like this has been going on since what 2015 or that's when it was established somewhere around there yeah they had fight like. to even be allowed to be there because someone's like jed like or vit he got arrested just like going and visiting right like lots of them they they would get arrested at for a long period of time just for going on to the land. That's right. So they had to like fight for their rights to do, be there at all. Yeah, and then they started throwing a party once a year called Floating Man. Okay. Like Burning Man, but yeah. Floating Man. And I don't know, I never heard that the parties were ever like broken up by a squad of cops. So maybe they started feeling like, okay, well, you know, we're safer. We've met with the president of Croatia now yeah. and we're going to go ahead and start this thing. And uh, apparently the Croatian police have different plans. I think there's a little more from what he was saying here. Okay. If you want to... But I think it's awesome if they're going to like keep going and yep. keep constructing, and it's very ballsy. Yep. Expect that you guys are coming without any paperwork and that you are coming in such a brutal manner. Let's look into bright future together, Croatia and Liberland, and let's build a better future together. Thank yeah, you I... very much, and I'm looking forward to host you in Liberland soon. Yeah, I don't yeah, think. No, like you can't be friends with thugs. Like they, yeah. they just came, attacked all these people, and then to want to be friends with them, I mean, to make peace, that's that's one thing. Mm-hmm. But to like, oh, we're gonna host you and this, that, and the other thing, it just doesn't. I don't know if he was talking to the government or talking to his supporters. At oh, the end. okay, it's maybe not, maybe it's not really that clear was it. Because um, he just mentioned Croatia and then said yeah. that, so it's kind of confusing. But I, possibly. I think he wants just you know Liberlanders to still move in and not yeah. be dis- not be dissuaded by this, but. Obviously, that's the intention here, right, is to dissuade people in like in the same way that the federal government's intention when they're arresting people for selling Bitcoin is to scare other people into not selling Bitcoin. The uh, intention here is if you show up on uh, this property and we're going to work on your hut. Yeah, you're going to work really hard 
to build a house in the middle of this swamp, and then we're just going to destroy it, is what the Croatian government is doing. So that's going to be a real disincentive to people who otherwise would be, you know, interested in moving there. Because there's only so many people that want to move into the, the middle of the woods and build a house. There's a, you know, there's a smart, certain segment of the population yeah. that's willing to do that. And I imagine if you're hardcore enough to be willing to move into a swamp and build a home, you may be hardcore enough to be willing to risk it to the police. So there's st- there yeah. may be a large crossover area there, but some people are going to say, you know what, I'll wait. I'll wait and see and yeah. see if, you know, uh, see how long the second house lasts. Um, the, end of the, the end of this video just has like a picture that says something in, you know, whatever language. Um, and I'm thinking it's the adventure. It's like the pictures of what they plan for the adventure park. Mm-hmm. And there's like a labyrinth, which I don't really know why someone would want. Like, oh, let's go to the adventure park and go get lost in the labyrinth. Is this like a woods labyrinth thing like um, like that we hiked on today? No. No, it's like um, hedge, hedge uh, bushes. Oh, like a maze. Yeah, like a maze where there's like oh. dead ends and stuff. I mean, that sounds kind of fun. But I always thought would be, those nowhere. would be cool to try. I've never yeah. been in one of those. I've been in a corn maze, mm-hmm. and that was kind of scary in and of itself. Hmm. Like, it just feels like you could get lost. Yeah, it's like claustrophobic. Yeah, it's that's... like, okay, I, I'd like to not be doing this anymore. Hmm. <laughs> I don't know. It, it, the, the creepy thing about it is, you know, like The Shining. Yeah, 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 yeah. They, yeah. They have that there. That's yeah, what that's it looks right. like too. It's like the hedges. So that's. Weird. I guess when like I heard like, adventure park, I was thinking like, like a water coasters. park. Yeah. yeah, me too. <laughs> I don't but know I why. think some of it is that there was like a picture of like something look water parkish. Then there's this mm. picture of like this silly looking like kids swing, which is like why would that be one of your number one attractions? Like. I don't know. It's Liberland. I mean, the, there's not going to be like an amazing, I think, attraction. I think the only thing <laughs> that I think if it's going to attract people, it's if they don't get molested by the Croatian government. Like, and just can go live there. And Liberland, if it could actually do what it's promised to do, which is to create a relatively free place, they're still going to have a government. They're still going to have some sort of, you know, law enforcement there. It's not going to be you know, Libertopia or whatever, but it's supposed to be a place where there's more economic and more social freedom if it does indeed become what they want it to be. And if that does happen, then it will be an attraction. It will be something that libertarian types from all around the world will want to go and visit, maybe as just a, you know, pilgrimage, something to say, I've been and now I'm gone because I don't want to live in the swamp or whatever. Yeah. But And then some people are going to want to live there if they cannot be molested and destroyed uh, regularly by the Croatian thugs. I mean, that's that's their biggest challenge right now, besides the mosquitoes. One thing that I think about it, and also even like Mark's um, island and... Our co-host Mark. Yeah, Mark and um, his Marazon City he thinks is so great. Is like, even if you are free to live somewhere that small what if you're just an entrepreneur what are you supposed to do like only use the internet you, what if you want a brick and mortar store what if like the thing you're passionate about is like selling products like if there's only like 10 other people living around you well and that's the thing and i think it's important to remember that like let one freedom means different things to everybody mm-hmm. and everybody has different goals and expectations for their life so that's why i always say like maybe new hampshire isn't for everybody you know, New Hampshire is definitely for me, but like I'm not going to say that, you know, maybe somebody would be happier in Morazan City um, or Alaska or or Liberland or wherever. Um, it's just like Ian mentioned, this place could be economically free, but it's like, 
what what does that even mean if you're only really free to like sell vegetable to the guy who lives next door to you? Well, who knows? I mean, uh, maybe it could if it were not completely decimated by the Croatian government. Maybe it could grow to a high population density, right? I mean, uh, Hong Kong is generally considered to be, or at least was considered for many years, to be the most free place in the world. Now, mm-hmm. this was... This was, you know, the the Chinese government took it over from the British in 1997, but it took them about 30 years. Uh, to, well, it hasn't quite been 30 years, but it's it's taken the the bulk of uh, the last couple decades for the Chinese government to really start to put their claws into Hong Kong, and so now it's not as free as it was, say, 10 or 15 years ago. But Hong Kong, when it was a relatively free place, essentially built the most free city. With an incredibly high population density on what is generally known as a uh, rock. Hong Kong is not particularly known for having any kind of natural resources. It really, you know, has nothing. I Hard mean, to grow things there because it's a rock. Yeah, I mean, it's like there's nothing natural that Hong Kong has besides the fact that the British government let it be this kind of free zone where people mm-hmm. could do things without having to ask a lot of permission and it became the freest place on the planet for a very very long time just looking at the um the population density it is 6800 people per square kilometer in Hong Kong and if there's you know if there's 7 square kilometers in uh, Liberland, that's 47,000 people that could live yeah. in Liber- Liberland. I mean, that's, that's again, Hong Kong density. So, I mean, that would be like, you know, building buildings up yeah. and multiple people living in multiple story buildings. But, I mean, there's some potential. Well, I wish them good luck. Um, I just... I really do. I mean, I, I, I was really disheartened last week when I found out that they had adopted yeah. the entire Croatian criminal code. Like... That seemed to be completely unnecessary, and it's a really bad, um, really optics. bad, yeah, optics. I mean, least. I wouldn't want to live there after that. No, even me if, neither. even if I wanted to move there and was like, you know, I'm cool with mosquitoes, and yeah. you know, living here where there's like really nothing developed yet. Once I found out, you know, in theory, if I were to be interested in that, if I found out that they adopted all of this stuff from Croatia. I would no longer be interested yeah. in moving there. I'd pull up stakes and leave. I'm assuming if you're hardcore enough to like leave your home country, you know, declare yourself sovereign mm-hmm. and move to this no man's land, so to speak, that you wouldn't want to be governed or ruled right. by any like rules and regulations of another country. That just doesn't really make any sense to me. Yeah, I. Uh, it's going to be still. It'll be interesting to see how it goes. Um, we looked it up. Uh, Croatia was like number sixty nine in the world in freedom. Was it that low? I feel yeah. Okay, that not that right. great. Um, considering there's only like two hundred countries, right? Yeah. Um, Top third. Yeah, um, I, I felt like we want we expected it to be worse, but still, it's not like great. Like I, yeah, I'm just no. saying, if you just want to move somewhere for freedom, Croatia doesn't pop into your mind. No, nope, so. certainly doesn't. And I, again, I, I wish them the best, and hopefully we'll hear some good news about them not having their homes destroyed. I don't want to see that happen to anybody. I don't. I don't. Hopefully wish... they get their stuff back. Their surfboard. Yeah, I think it was a mistake to adopt the Croatian law. They say it's quote unquote temporary. I don't know. You know, there's nothing more temporary than a government program, or yes. nothing more permanent. Rather, I think is the line. Nothing more permanent than a temporary government program. So it's hard to be optimistic uh, about this, especially considering what's happened. Well. 
It is Free Talk Live, so I want to go to your phone calls and thoughts. We have an anonymous caller. Um, you're on Free Talk Live. What's your name? My name is Stefan. Stefan, what's on your mind? Yeah, I, was, I wanted to comment on the Lieberland situation. So I was kind of fascinated fascinated with the concept, you know, six, seven years ago. I used to talk with one of your former co-hosts about it constantly, but I never actually knew that there were settlers. And uh, was this a recent development? You seem to know more about it. Yeah, than I do. the announcement came out in August. It was the beginning of August that the, uh, the settlement began, and uh, one can settle in Liberland by committing to spend 25 days straight there, building a home, basically. That is how one can uh, can get access to it. There's one other uh, way to do it, but that was the primary one. Now, wasn't it, I'm not sure, didn't the Croatian government at one point state that it was illegal to cross into Lieberland from their border and that they would do things about it? Or am I, you know, am I... No, you're correct. I think you're right about that. That's what I recall. But But they walked it back, right? I don't know what all the details were. There's been some level of negotiation between the Liberland uh, president and the Croatian people. We talked about it last week, and I think that they said that they've been coming in through Serbia but mm-hmm. there was um, agreements with Croatia now, but I'm just not That's sure what if they it has thought. anything to do with entering. But the president seemed to be, he he seemed to say he expected this. Hmm. Like he says that in the video. I, I think you might have paused it right, right when he said it, so I don't know if that made it on the air. But he says in the video that we expected this, but we didn't expect you to come with no paperwork. Huh. Uh, which is yeah, know, yeah. I do remember uh, hearing him say that, and that was it's just very strange. Like, oh, you can you know infringe on my freedoms as long as you have the paperwork, a paper trail. Yeah, it's like what. And I suppose I'll just leave on this, just so maybe you guys can discuss it. Uh, given how this is going, do you feel like Lieberland was maybe? a better concept than something in practice, because I think it's pretty obvious to anybody it was never going to work. Well, thank you for the call. And um, Well, I you don't just, know until you try. I mean I, yeah, I, I mean, I wouldn't say that, you know, it wouldn't, it definitely wouldn't work. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have said that either, um, but it definitely seemed early on to be a big challenge with the Croatian government arresting people. There's never people. been a time where I was like, oh, this is for me. I want to move there or mm. anything like that. But there's plenty of people that want to go live in the middle of the woods and just kind of be left alone. Seems like it's definitely for people like that, especially if you can get to Europe. Well, as Ernest Hancock has said, there are two types of people, those who want to be left alone and those who just won't leave you alone. And There's more than that. And the people who uh, you know have tried settling Liberland have, have come to learn that the people who don't want to leave you alone are not going to leave them alone. And the people who've tried the seasteading uh, thing, which is for listeners that don't know, going and living out in international waters on like a man-made craft of some sort. There, uh, there were people in, I think 2019 who tried this outside of Thailand and the Thai government came in and I believe they set the place on fire. Um, They certainly dissembled it or whatever. And they put out arrest warrants for the two people, the couple that was living on this particular um, flotation device or whatever they call it. And luckily the people who were living there happened to be on the mainland at the time when the raid happened. Mm -hmm. So they weren't arrested and they managed to escape from Thailand without actually getting arrested Mm. uh, due to that that warrant but thailand considered it an attack on their sovereignty <laughs> they considered the seasteaders an attack on thai sovereignty even though they were in international waters so, weird. so i mean this just goes to show that 
no matter what people try to, as far as you know, these projects are concerned, to be left alone, the government people always have more guns. That's why I think it just needs to be um, a change of people's hearts. That's why I think Free Talk mm-hmm. Live is a really good tool to use to just get into people's uh, minds and help them think about things in a different way. What do you yeah. think? 603-283-6160. It's Free Talk Live. Eluthromania, the insatiable desire for freedom. We have been enslaved for all our lives. It's the new three-song heavy metal EP from Captain Kickass. Available now on your favorite music app or get it directly from CaptainKickass.com. Talk live, talk radio that you control. 603-283-6160. With the studio with you in the studio tonight, it's me, Bonnie. Mickey. And Ian. And going straight to the phones, we do have Ridley on the lines. Dave Ridley, what's on your mind? Well, uh have you guys been following this uh this lawsuit uh, against the Keene or you know against the Cheshire County Jail? Uh which one was this? So there's this guy who's claiming that he, he like they 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 led to a situation where he got his leg leg broken. Oh yeah, yeah, I heard about this one. Yeah, you guys already talked about this. I don't know if it's been talked about on the air. No. So um, what's interesting here, I think what, what the jail said about it was was most telling. Um, this, so according to the Keen Sentinel quote, an incident report from the jail which documents Tucker's leg injury states that the pepper spray and taser were used as part of efforts to secure inmates in their cells. According to a jail disciplinary report, Tucker and three other inmates had violated several rules, Mm. including any organized activity that disrupts institutional security, Mm. unquote. So like, I like to say, but by their grievances shall you know them, right? Like, so if the guy had slugged somebody, they would just say he slugged somebody, mm-hmm. right? Then you have a grievance there against him. But he, he, if they, if they say something like any organized activity that disrupts, they're talking about nothing probably, or like just violating mm-hmm. a rule, or you know, trying to trying to start a union or something like that that's protected, right? Hard to say, but yeah, I get what you're saying. They're being very vague. There's this other uh, passage that, quote, responding to a reporter's right to know requests for records related to the incident, Aose said via email August 15th that documents related to individual inmate discipline are exempt under state law on public uh, state law for public release, unquote, uh, mm. uh, well, ex- exempt under state law from public release, unquote. So you're just saying, oh, we're not going to give you any information. 
Yeah, that sucks. Maybe the guy who's suing can talk about it himself? He is at Concord now. I believe he's at the state prison now. So he was mm-hmm. on, like, he was in sort of a transitory situation mm-hmm. uh, from one jail to another when this, you know, this incident occurred that broke his leg, which I guess he's still got screws in it. He's still in constant pain. Now, I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's it, like the, the way they put it, it, like, some kind of heavy object fell on his leg and broke it. It doesn't sound like, you know, it doesn't sound like a guard just took a hammer to it or anything like that. But there was just some kind of an incident in where he got his leg broken. Oh, I, I uh, you know, from what I heard, and which I did not look deeply into it, my understanding was the uh, guards were the ones who contributed to the breaking of this man's leg. Um, you know, they are likely to pile on if somebody is making life a little more difficult for them. They will crank up the force. I mean, they some of these guys, I'm sure, get off on it, on using force on these these prisoners. Uh, but the fact is, you know, when you're in their custody, they have you, they have the the methods, they have the uh, the tools to make your life very, very uncomfortable. I mean, jail is not a comfortable place to be in general, but they can make it worse for you. And, you know, some guys have to learn that the hard way. I'm not justifying what was done to him, but I've seen the uh, the guards use escalating violence at the two jails that I've been at. So far, I, I was at uh, Cheshire County, this very same facility you're talking about a decade ago for civil disobedience. And then two years ago, I was at uh, the Boscoin, uh, what is it? Which county is that? Yeah. Uh, Concord, Merrimack, Merrimack, Merrimack County Jail for uh, for 69 days. And there was some guy who was acting, I don't even remember what crazy stuff he was doing in his cell. Like he just kept yelling on yelling. Night. Yeah, I think he was just yelling all night. and he, And he wouldn't stop. And uh, everyone else, because like Ian was complaining, like he couldn't sleep because this guy is yelling all night. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's just a thing that happens in in jail. You know, they bring in drunk people. They drink, bring in people in all kinds of mental states and Mm -hmm. they they tend to make noise. But usually they calm down after some amount of time. This one just did not calm down. uh, And they to the jailer's credit, they did give him many chances before they finally brought like the equivalent of the jail SWAT team in to essentially, I don't know if they hogtied him or what they did to him, but they went in there and they went in there like five men deep. Like they were lined up outside of the cell, ready to go in and wow. put this man, you know, in some level of extra shackles. Essentially. And, you know, uh, in just regular life, not just like in jail, there is just a certain type of person who's waiting all day for somebody to do something so they feel justified to hurt someone or yell at someone mm-hmm. or like cut someone off you know like those in traffic. people are absolutely working at jail and those sure. people are going to get attracted to go to jail so yep. that way they can feel justified like oh this guy's yelling all night now we get to hog time well yep. it's it's the same thing with cops right like those people love power and they love yeah. having control over other human beings and it absolutely makes sense that th- that kind of evil human being would want to be a correctional officer I mean, you're literally uh, overseeing people in cages. Yep. Yeah. Not justifying it, but these things happen, and we don't know the details here, so it's hard to really say one way or another, you know, who was in the right versus wrong. I kind of buried the lead here. The guy's name is Antoine Tucker. Again, like, he's he's now at NH State Prison uh, in Concord. And I believe, I got the impression he was in jail on a drug charge, so... Mm. That's another red flag here. Uh, again, 
you know, what, what exactly has this guy done that's wrong? Hmm. Because I'm pretty sure any organized activity that disrupts an institutional security is not necessarily unethical. Indeed. Anything else, Ridley? That is all. All right, man. Thanks for the call. Appreciate Thank it. Thank you for the call. Um, yeah, I just think it's a little weird. Like, just because somebody broke their policy doesn't mean that they did anything wrong to anyone else. So why can't we know what they did? It's a good point he brings up. Mm-hmm. Well, we also have, um, it looks like we have Ricky, but, okay, yeah. We have Ricky from the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. Ricky, what's on your mind? Thank you there, Miss Bonnie. Brother Ian, good evening. What's on your mind? Well, you know, it's an interesting one tonight, and it's a real topical one, huh? You know, and and it goes back to something that now makes perfect sense. You know, many months ago, Speaker McCarthy, I want to call him that, made crazy Marjorie Taylor Greene from Georgia, one of the most powerful people in the in the Congress, put her on the Homeland Security Committee, put her on the Oversight Committee. He even said, I'm going to do everything to protect that girl. Now, that now makes sense. Raising the debt ceiling. When he got a nothing burger, he should have been fired. Reason why? At that time, the moderates didn't want her to be speaker, but here we are today. And there's and what's going to happen now? I just heard her now gearing it up. See, the moderates now have had a new Gearing position. what up? Uh, for her to become speaker, and I'm going to tell you why. See, the moderates now are looking at this, what McCarthy has done. What has he done? Well, the problem is he he got a nothing burger from Biden, you know, and they want to raise the debt ceiling. The problem is all this stuff's already paid. What you're you're saying is they raised the Republicans cracked. They talked real tough. Uh, this was back in May when the whole debt ceiling thing was right, uh, was happening. Right. They and talked the real tough, and they got. It. You're saying this guy got nothing uh, in response from giving up or giving in on the the debt ceiling. Is right. that what you're and saying? The mega people didn't play their card and fire McCarthy because at that time the moderates didn't want her as speaker. Speaker, but times have changed. Reason why? Yeah, Marjorie Taylor is Marjorie Taylor Green is crazy. She, you can listen to her. She don't even understand government. But you know what? Better than McCarthy, because I can say it, according to Rich, Brother Richie, and here's what it comes down to. You why see, does it even I matter, though? I mean, the, who cares if she's going to be the speaker or not? Because here's the reason why, because she could be easily manipulated and controlled, even though she's crazy. Well, now, isn't that true for all of them? Because she's a woman? No, no, no. He, he really screwed up. And I'll tell you something else. I know how to get the money. See, there's nowhere you to get do? the money, but I know where. And see, it started with the Republicans under Nixon with Big Pharma, and then it got paid off by George W. Bush. And you know what? The whole system, I'm talking to antidepressants, the antipsychotics, all that crap, cut off the SSI money. Cut it off. And there's no reason to give it out to anybody either. Now, these guys are bitching and moaning. I don't know how much raising is. Nobody knows, including the media, maybe Congress, maybe Biden. I don't know. But I'll tell you what, that did give a big chunk of it. Now, she's, he, he's going to get blown away. Who? You know, and it, it, uh, McCarthy. Blown and away? What do you mean by that? He's going to lose his job this time because they will take her as speaker over him. You know? Now, is there any kind of uh, motion in this way besides in Ricky's head, or is there? are they actually talking about that? 
well, I've been watching the news, and I've been hearing McCarthy, and he's, he's, he's sounding real nervous. Now, I just heard a little bit ago, Marjorie Taylor Greene is now being called the leader of the House. Well, as I understand it, um, you know, the people don't get to decide who the Speaker of the House is. That's that's the House members. One of the things that McCarthy gave up, okay, to become Speaker. Now, uh, Speaker Pelosi got rid of this rule. The the rule reinstated is any member of the majority for any reason at any given time can bring to the floor a vote to remove the Speaker. Okay. I just don't see why this even matters. I mean, these people are all a bunch of scumbags. Who cares? The other thing is, how do you know what they want? Like, he's talking about he knows what the moderates want, what the others want. I think they're just all in cahoots and do everything in unison on it. They all want control is what they want. Here's the important thing. The government shutdown. Now, Mm. the problem is, this is all 100% political. All this stuff was voted on. It may be a little bit more. I don't know how much. I even gave a solution, but it's all political. And the mega people now being led. Well, every time this happens, it's a nothing. You you use the term nothing burger, I think, earlier. And every time this happens, it's a nothing burger. Every time they make a big deal about, oh, the government's going to shut down. And then nothing changes. Huh? It was even worse than that because he gave Biden unbelievable stuff. Biden could have his budget for an extra two years, and it has to it can be it's to be untouched. He gave him that, and he gets nothing. And see, yeah. the thing that's gonna the thing that's amazing is it's all political. Now, say okay. the government shuts down. I don't get it. It's, it's all political. political. I mean, it's the Congress, right? Shouldn't it be yeah, political? Yeah, politics. Well, thank you for your call, <laughs> yeah, Ricky. I just don't really understand. Um, Caring about that stuff, that's all. Um, yeah, I don't either. I can't understand being obsessed with the personalities in Congress. The only reason I know who Marjorie Taylor Greene is is because she's somebody who's talked somewhat positively about secession. Um, mm. And actually, she I think she used the word secession no. recently. No? Well, oh, oh, maybe recently, but I remember She's her... talked about a national divorce previously. but And I... she also characterized it in a way that I felt like she was taking over the idea and trying to ch- turn it into something else. She mm-hmm. talked about like... Making red states and blue states. Yeah, she wanted to have two big federal governments, basically, and keep the military in place. And it was just a ridiculous uh, plan. But then recently, I believe she did use the term secession. I'll see if I can pull it up. But besides that, she's no more, you know, remarkable or unremarkable than any other thug. She has a look that she just looks like a really, like, any, like, military wife. Mm, yeah. Um, I just... She's like a big Republican lady yeah. or whatever. I think she's in construction, supposedly. She She's, like, really buff and looks like she, like, fake tans or at least, like, spends way too much time in the I sun. bet you there's a bunch of Republican guys that have a thing for her. Uh, she's not She's not attractive. She looks like she chain smokes. She's got, like, you know, really fake blonde hair. Yeah, all right. Here, here's the story from uh, September 11th, a headline from Rolling Stone. Marjorie Taylor Greene says states should, quote, consider seceding from the union unquote so you know i'll give her credit for that to actually use the s word Hmm. uh to put that out there and get people talking about it there's something worth saying to that and but it's like you know okay if she becomes the speaker of the house it's going to be completely meaningless yeah it will have absolutely no effect on anything i didn't know she wasn't the speaker of the house i didn't know i didn't know who is i don't care yeah yeah same thing different person well, speaking of the S word, we have Sarah on the line in New Mexico. That was funny, Bonnie. <laughs> Sounds mean. I didn't mean it mean, Sarah. Hello? Oh, I was going to say that 
the city of Albuquerque is being sued along with um, the restaurant that serves the alcohol and also the River of Light by the family that um, had their seven-year-old um, got killed by the red light violator during the why the are they who, hold on the the family of a kid that was killed by a guy in the roads uh, is, is suing like um, the city and the people who served the guy the alcohol who hit the was and he a drunk driver the the bio park too they 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 threw them the what on park the bio too. park bio park. Yeah, the the park. They were going to the River of Life. I think one of the bio parks. They hold them responsible too. Why? It just doesn't seem because like ethical sell- to charge all these random establishments. Um, the thing is that they they could they could have done more to uh make it safe for people to get to the River of Life, like putting lights, more uh, brighter lights, the crosswalk. And the restaurant, they served the alcohol. They had them on film. The and then they they hid the the surveillance cameras and the the footage. And Just so the, more think, people who want to blame other people for something that one man did. There was one man who got drunk and got behind the wheel, right? And he crashed into this kid and killed him. Um, you know what? That's the only one that caught, made a big notice. They they've been running and but that's what the story man. was, right? Just one man, he killed this kid, right? Right, right. Yeah, but but well, the thing what? is, he's the one that got busted and got put blown up. So he's but dead. He's running red lights and he's, killing hold people. Hold on, left just to right clarify, the man who killed the child is dead. He got blown up. No, no, he's gonna do no. What I'm saying, he's got the um, publicity. Oh. They've been running red lights and But he's going to prison, people. right? I think so. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So he's going to prison, but these people, they want money, right? Because they understand that the guy going to prison isn't going to result in get them getting a check for their dead son. So now they're going to go after anybody they can hmm. that has money in their pockets, including the shopping center. No, or... the biopark, I looked it up. It's um, a zoo, a botanic garden, aquarium. So it's shut just... down the zoo, yeah. shut down the aquarium, shut down the bar that sold the guy the drink because he never would have gotten a drink have to somewhere do with else. the zoo? So weird. I don't know. I, they're just trying to hit out at anybody they possibly can. Because Sarah said to that they money. didn't have good enough public lights in the road. What is, how ridiculous. is that their problem? It's, it's ridiculous. I mean, this is the, people this, should have lights on their car. This is the uh, the irresponsibility of people to say that they can't just take responsibility and say this one person did this thing. But was they the can't. kid in the road? I don't know, Sarah. Yeah. So the the whole thing is, I I am in support of these people. I would, if I, I wish I I had a. Why should with the them. bar owner or the guy who sold him the drink be responsible for this guy? Well, I think they're partly, but you know, should what? they sue I, Toyota I or I Honda or whoever it was that the you know whatever car company was that this guy was driving? Is that their Sarah fault? Yeah, like they that. they probably should because the car should have automatic brakes. Well, they're putting that in right now. But I'm going to suing the Jeez. city because they don't know. They, I don't know that that we had red light cameras. They got rid of them. And they should have brought him, brought him back. Where was and, this kid yeah, at the not, time that this accident happened? Where was he? Was he in the road? Okay, this was a. Uh, uh, he had the walk signal. They both had the mm. walk 
signal mm-hmm. and they were crossing to get to the bio park. Who is was it so him and his the, dad? The, yeah, him and his dad uh-huh. was crossing and they had the walk signal. What happened the to the dad? That, he got injured, seriously uh-huh. injured, but he lived. Mm. But the kid got hit. And the thing is Damn. the only if they knew they had I didn't think they moved here after they got rid of the red light cameras. Well, I hope that, that this that a- this family I mean, I'm sorry about what happened to their son, but I hope they fail in their lawsuit. I don't think that other people should be held responsible for the acts of somebody who drinks uh too much. I, I mean, just it doesn't make any sense that the person who uh, you know, has lights on the road or somebody who served a drink at a bar should somehow be responsible for somebody else's acts. I don't I don't I think well, that is a is- really bad uh I, I think that is a, a bad habit that people have gotten into was to blame other people for the actions of one individual who should and now he should have to pay. I mean that guy he killed this kid, he shouldn't just have to sit in a in a prison cell for yeah. the rest of his life. And get fed he all should day. right. He should have to pay this family some restitution for the damage that he did. They have a claim, okay, I think a valid that. claim against him. And him alone. Okay, well, what about all the other ones that killed pedestrians by running red lights, but they never got the publicity? They never sued like these family are doing. Well, I don't know. Maybe well, some lawyer. they're not suing him. They're suing the biopark and... The biopark the, and the city also. The city also, because they, they should have brought the red light cameras before this happened. I don't think this red light we camera were... was going to stop a drunk man. No, and no no amount of lights on the road is going to help somebody who's drunk uh, not hit some kid. Yeah, there's probably like flashing lights if he's saying, she's saying that he was uh, had a walk sign at a crossroad or at least, um, you know, the reflective stuff. Sarah, have you ever uh, been drunk before? No, I never have. Okay. Well, then but you don't know it's what it's true. like, okay? It's Let me tell you something about being drunk, and thankfully I have not been drunk in some time, but I have been, so I know a little bit about what it's like. Your reaction times are slowed. So if you are driving a car and you are drunk... You're not going to be like, oh, there's a camera, and you know what? They're watching me, and I could get a ticket. You're not going to be thinking about that stuff. You're not going to think about any of that stuff. If a kid runs out in in the road in front of you, and you realize it if you're if you're not too drunk somebody's so drunk they just won't even they won't even see it but even if you see the kid and you try to react you may very well be too late and it's, you may we well don't know run that into, the kid ran out and we don't know what happened we don't know what happened but we do know if this guy was drunk his reaction times were slowed and that's just the reality having an extra light or an extra 10 lights on the road is not going to make a drunk's reaction time better sorry uh, and it's well, not the guy at the bar's fault. I understand the... there are a lot of people who want to blame bartenders for, quote, over-serving somebody. And I, I, I've never well, understood this. Well, they did put a speeding camera after this happened by the intersection, really close to it. Okay. They're going to get the speeders well, whatever. after they kill somebody, after. a speeding camera there. So, so what? It's not going to stop it. So they should have had the red light cameras there to stop all the red light violators. And this would have Irrelevant. not happened. But she just, she admitted, thank you for the call, Sarah, but you admitted there that it would only catch them after they killed someone. Um, so it wouldn't stop anyone. So I don't really get what the point is. Um, 603-283-6160. Got anything more interesting than the last two calls? 603-283-6160. It's Free Talk Live.
It's Free Talk Live. It's talk radio that you control. 603-283-6160 is the phone number to get on the air live with us. 603-283-6160. And in the studio with you tonight, you've got me, Bonnie. Mickey. It's Ian. And we have a story for you about AI girlfriends. AI girlfriends are replacing the human woman. Right, Ian? Well, uh, it seems to be a thing these days. Uh, There's a story over at thehill.com where the headline is an opinion piece by someone named Liberty, Liberty Vittert, who says AI girlfriends are ruining an entire generation of men. Are all of them using that? That sounds a little hyperbolic. Yeah, Yeah, it does. Uh, But nonetheless, let's see what she has to say. I presume this is a she, Liberty. That sounds like a female name. Uh, The rise of virtual artificial intelligence, AI girlfriends, is enabling the silent epidemic of loneliness in an entire generation of young men. It is also having severe consequences for America's future. We have talked on this show, I think, with you on, Bonnie, about Japan, for instance, and the replacement rate, as they call it, which is the number of uh, children that a couple would have or women uh, will have in order to replace the existing population and grow the existing population you have to have a replacement rate of two yep um you know for a couple you would need to have two kids in order to stay at the same level if you have a 2.1 or a 2.2 or something then that means you're having more children than currently exist people so therefore you're going to be able to grow the population the United States is below two. I think it's like 1.7. Japan is like a 1.3. There's some places in the world where it's like one or 0.9. These are places where they're slowly essentially dying off. There are more people who are going to die than there are people who are going to be born. And that causes certain problems in society, certain problems with the economy. And that's that's kind of what they're she's I think that's where I think this person is coming from here. It's the idea of. These uh, younger generations specifically are getting, quote, into relationships with online artificial intelligence. And therefore, they're not even there's like if there was no near to no chance that they would get a date before. Now there's zero chance that they're going to get a date. okay, and possibly meet somebody and possibly have sex to have children at some point in the future. They're saying that. The advent of uh, AI is possibly going to make that even worse. So she says, how is it something that seems so ridiculous, a virtual AI girlfriend causing a crisis or future crisis among Americans? Well, with millions of users, apps have created virtual girlfriends that talk to you, love you, allow you (laughs) to live out your erotic fantasies and learn. How could you possibly live them out? Sexting. That's yeah, not really I living mean, anything no, out. No, it's not. Well, uh, if you have a strong imagination, I suppose. <laughs> right. uh, and learn through data exactly what you like and what you don't like, creating the, quote, perfect relationship. These virtual girlfriends can even be based on real people. One influencer created an AI bot of herself named Karen, then gained over 1,000 users, i.e. real boyfriends, in less than a week. And a wait list of more than 15,000 people. Wait, so if it's... Wow. Did she just program it, it, what it will say and stuff, or what does it have to do with her? I, well, I, I presume it was trained on her, but I don't know you know, any details. I didn't look 
to find out where this exists. So um, guys want to date Karens. It's spelled C-A-R-Y-N, but yes, I guess it, it is a Karen. Hmm. Um, so with these large language models like ChatGPT, which I'm sure you guys have heard of, maybe our listeners yeah. don't know, but ChatGPT has in, uh, ingested essentially all of the text on the internet and you can talk to it, right? And it can respond to you. You can focus a, a GPT or whatever. You can focus one of these chatbots on, let's just say you have your own blog or something mm-hmm. like that. And you tell it to ingest all of that data. And then you can say, write a story about, you know, uh, knitting as I would write it, essentially. And then it would just go ahead and use your style. It would have already figured out kind of how you write. And it would write a story purportedly. I've I've not tried this, but this is my understanding of how these things work. It should sound like you because you trained it with your writing stuff. It would honestly be kind of funny if you trained a chat GPT on freekeen.com and then asked it to make <laughs> stories that sound like yeah. they're from freekeen.com. There's some way to do it. I don't know how we should do difficult. that. <laughs> I don't know how funny. difficult or easy it is, but it's probably easier than we think. So maybe that's what she did. I don't know. But essentially, she's got a thousand guys. And why there's a wait list, I don't know. Maybe she just doesn't have enough server space to handle the other 15,000 that want to pay her. To, yeah, that was like my next question right. that was brewing. But first I was like, if she, if it's AI, what does it have to do with her? Like, she's not controlling the AI. She, she just presumably made it based on her? Yeah. Set it and forget it, I think, is what's going on here. She, uh, you know, created this thing, probably with some assistance or whoever, and then she's got some sort of a sign-up thing, and guys are paying money to talk to a fake version of her. Uh, an AI girlfriend might sound enticing. You get to connect with a super hot girl who listens to you and appreciates you twenty four seven. No, and it's not. not a girl. And that's the thing. Like, there's just so much missing to this that you need with that human relationship. But I don't know if, like, I know so many people who are so socially awkward now. Mm-hmm. And have just developed all of these things from, I don't know, maybe playing too many video games or being on the internet too much, like not getting that social interaction. So maybe this would be better for them than having a real girlfriend if they're so like terrified of women. Better for them in what way? Like how would it be better? Well, just in their opinion, it would be better for them. I don't think like actually... Like they would feel better, you mean? Maybe. Well, if they're if they're terrified of women and mm-hmm. or, or human beings, maybe if they could use then... it as a stepping stone, and it, it would be better for them. But it might also just make them worse by making them like uncomfortable. Who I am? I don't want to get any. Yeah, no, I think it would absolutely make them worse. Yeah, but they just might like it more. Yeah, they, if in they their don't opinion, like people, probably. Yeah, would be they'd like it more. Like we had a waiter the other day. We on our anniversary went out to eat, and our waiter he only looked up at the ceiling while he was talking to us the whole time. You'd think that you wouldn't work in that industry. Yeah, I know. But he was actually really good. It was kind of weird. He I wasn't feel like, a bad waiter. He just made near to zero eye contact. Yeah, weird. I feel like um, his kind of autism was probably like when a different like end of the spectrum where he was really organized because he was like mm. good at being a waiter. Yeah. And uh, mm-hmm. he didn't want the gold back. He's like, sorry, I don't collect things. And I feel like maybe... <laughs> I don't collect things. Maybe well, he's okay. like really organized. He doesn't like having a messy home. He's afraid of yeah. where would I put yeah, it? His, I don't have a place exactly. for that. Yeah. Well, honestly, I respect that though because it's better yeah. than throwing it in the trash. You right. know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. I mean, it's... Well, I, I we, well, let's go on and we'll get into more of like what this could mean for these people who are interested in this. And if this is you, by the way... 
you want to admit to it? You want to talk about this? We'd love to hear from you uh, at 603-283-6160. If you have an AI girlfriend or... Maybe there's women that have AI boyfriends. I mean, it's, the articles in the news always focus on AI girlfriends, but there's mm. probably a smaller portion of women who are into this too, I presume. But anyway, they say here, beyond choosing physical attributes down to the size of her rear end, you can pick her personality. You prefer hot, funny, and bold? That's what she'll be. Or if cute, shy, and modest is more your cup of tea, she's got you covered. Yes, these are real attributes you can have your AI girlfriend embody. And to be clear, these aren't cookie-cutter chatbot interactions. By definition, the AI learns from your reactions and is capable of giving you exactly what you want to hear or see every single time. And they have come just at the right time to assuage the silent epidemic of loneliness that is hitting this generation of young men. Well, how do they, um, if they are always giving you what you want to hear, how do they cater to the funness of an argument in a relationship? The funness of an argument? Sometimes it's just fun to start an argument. (laughs) I mean, yeah, and I I actually know a lot of people who would agree with you. So I guess you could train it to fight. Yeah, maybe you could say that you like that. But what if you don't know you like that? I don't know. Mm, That's a good point. Yeah, how many of these guys have ever had a real girlfriend? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, there's just so many hu- like factors to human interactions mm-hmm. and ha- being in a relationship with somebody, uh, you know that right? Like going through the good times and the bad times. Well, and just like physical contact. Mm, well, of course. I mean, like, <laughs> yeah. Why does it matter how I'm big assuming, your AI chatbot's you know, butt is? Yeah, if you can't yeah. touch it. I yeah. Mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it just it it comes off as very very sad. Uh, yeah, it does. You know, right out the right out the gate, like it's hard to find this a defensible thing, but we'll see. Okay, let, we'll keep going here. So let's look at the hard numbers. More than sixty percent of young men between the ages eighteen and thirty. So we're talking about these are late millennials and Gen Z. Okay, the younger generation. More than sixty percent of them are single. Compared to only 30% of women the same age. Now, I, I think the relevant question here is how has that number changed over the years? What was it in the 1990s? What was it in the 2000s as far as you know, men who are under 30, between 18 and 30? How many of them were single then? What is, is it, it now? Sorry. 60%. More mm. than 60% are single. And I wonder how much COVID impacted that because it's like... That was like a couple years of people's lives that they couldn't socialize as freely and normally. Uh, Compared to 30% of the women the same age. Now, this has probably always been true, or at least the discrepancy between men and women, if you think about it, right? I mean, it's the oldest thing for older men to have younger girlfriends. Younger women, of course, are going to be attracted to men with more experience and men with more money and things like that. So, I mean, that's not uh, a surprise to see that younger women are more likely to be in a relationship than younger men. But how much worse is it now than it was 10, 20, 30 years ago? That's the relevant question. One in five men report not having a single close friend. Now this, they actually give you some reference. They say that number has quadrupled Hmm. in the last 30 years. Wow. So it was one out of 20 Young men having only not even one single close friend is now one out of five. 
So that's I just wonder why. You know? Well, um, now that is an excellent question. Uh, it probably has something to do with technology. Yeah, don't you like think? you don't yeah. need a close friend if you hang out with people on Xbox every night. Right. And and do those people count? Like for whatever yeah. the survey, when they're asking these people, do you have a real close friend or a single close friend? Can you say your buddy who you're on Xbox playing Call of Duty with every single night is your close friend? Are you allowed to give that answer for this survey or would they say, no, 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 we yeah. mean a real life person that you have, you know, seen physically in the last, oh, I don't know, four months yeah. or something like that. Yeah, What's I the would, qualification? I would say no. No way. That's not a real friend. Can yeah. you count on him to do anything but, you know, frag you or headshot you in the, in the yeah. video game? Uh, is I he going to show up at your funeral? I do know people who have met other people on Xbox and then met them in person and become yes. friends. Yep, that's true. Um, but that's like a different... Th- I, and I'm how assuming that, that? Yeah, I'm assuming that's not typical at all. And where did they meet? Was it at you know, a video game conference or you know, YouTube yeah. uh, convention? The amount of social engagement with friends dropped by 20 hours per month during the pandemic and is still decreasing. Hmm, weird. Yeah, so it wasn't as though the, quote, pandemic ended and people just started going out again, apparently, or at least some, some of these people. A lot of people quit working, and you know, that's where mm-hmm. I've made a lot of my friends you as an people. adult. Like, yeah, just absolutely. people I worked with. Yeah. Uh, but it's still decreasing, so they didn't go back out. They just thought staying home was cool, I guess, and are still there. These young men are lonely. And it's having real consequences, says TheHill.com. They are choosing AI girlfriends over real women, meaning they don't have relationships with real women, don't marry them, and don't have and raise babies with them. America desperately needs people to have more babies, but all the signs are pointing toward fewer relationships, fewer marriages, and fewer babies. There were 600,000 fewer births in 2023 in the United States relative to 15 years ago. So you would think that with a growing population that you would have more births today than you would have 15 years ago, but instead there are 600,000 fewer. Yeah. I'm actually not surprised by that at all because I know a lot of people who are no longer interested in having children. Mm -hmm. It has never been easier to get birth control. Sure. So so many different kinds. Um, Abortions, too. I mean, there are so many ways to not have a child. And, I mean, the economy... People can't afford to have a child. I mean, you know, it's like when you can't even afford groceries for like yourself. Right. How are you going to get married, have a wedding, buy a house, have children? And it's just not. Seems irresponsible. Yeah, it's not feasible, you know. I'm just once again asking the question why a country, quote, desperately needs people to grow the population. Like, why can't we just let people move here who want to live here? Well, that would be the freedom uh, solution, yes, to allow people to cross borders without having to beg for permission. That, that would, language that always just sounds dangerous to me. Like, sorry, we desperately need people to have babies, so we're capturing you and you're going to have babies. Mm. Yeah, it is strange. I mean, I, I get the, like, needing to reproduce factor of it for the future, but absolutely, yeah, for, I mean, I don't think the population's in danger, like, we need more people. Why these specific but, people? Like, there are plenty of people from South America and Mexico that want to move here, so just let them. Well, that, I agree, uh, that would solve this problem, Bonnie, 
but they're not. I'm sure they're, <laughs> they're having babies. That. Yeah, absolutely. They they are more likely, I think, to be doing that. Um, but they're not doing that, and that's the same problem in Japan. That would also solve Jap- uh, Japan's problem, which would be to open the borders and let people come there and fill those jobs that the Japanese do they not have, like, want. Even more spe- uh, strict, I mean, immigration yep. laws. Yep. Uh, the number of children per woman has decreased by more than 50% in the last 60 years. So if your typical woman was having two children 60 years ago, there she's now having one. Uh, and again, I don't have the numbers. I don't know what the, the exact statistics is. Put another way, she says, we just don't have enough people to work. And therefore, we won't be able to pay our bills, not just to other countries, but to ourselves. Now, this is where she gets into what she considers to be the problem. Mm-hmm. We, quote, we spent more than $1.6 trillion in 2021 on Medicare and Medicaid. I with, didn't. With the number mm-hmm. of Americans on Medicare expected to increase by 50% by the year 2030 to more than 80 million people, but over the same period... We will have only 10 million more Americans joining the workforce. And that's just health care. In 1940, there were 42 workers per beneficiary on Social Security. Today, guess how many there are? I don't it, know. It was 42 workers per beneficiary, meaning there are 42 people working and paying into Social Security. Because remember, you don't get your money out of Social Security. Yeah. You get the younger generation's tax money who's working when you're retired. Yeah. You know, if Social Security is still there when you retire. Uh, but if you're retired today, you're getting the people who are working their money. It's a Ponzi scheme. It is not a lockbox. They're not locking away your money. So if it was 42 workers per beneficiary in 1940, what is it now? I don't know. 10? No clue. No. Take a shot. Um, 15. 2.8. 2.8. Oh, my gosh. Well, and That's when crazy. You, when you think about it, like the baby boomer generation is now heading towards retirement. They're in retirement. And yeah, a my lot of them are. My parents are in their 70s. Yeah. And people are living um, longer than ever. So there's probably a lot more old people now than when they were young and paying in. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. we just like don't have enough people to take care of elderly folks in the nursing homes and in hospitals and all that. Never mind working in healthcare is awful. And most yep. people don't want to do it. Like it's not financially worth it to like make all of those sacrifices to work at these jobs, you know, so people don't want to work them. Plus, if you can get a check from the government just for staying home. Exactly. Why would you want to go out to work? I mean, people like us, we actually have a, a work ethic, so we would do it. But there's a lot of people who just, oh, they'll pay me to smoke crack all day? Okay. Yeah, literally. And they'll do that. So 2.8 workers per beneficiary. Those numbers don't work. And that's why you've probably, if you've heard anything about Social Security, you know that it is insolvent. It is going to fail. They're not going to have enough money within the next, I believe it's 2030 is when they're expected, or like 2033, somewhere in the next decade, uh, Social Security is no longer going to be able to pay out. And so that means they're going to have to do a certain you know, few things. They only have a few options, right? They can raise the retirement age from 65 to 67 or 69 or, you know, 70 or whatever they arbitrary number, you know, they decide to choose. That'll shore it up for some amount of time. Mm-hmm. Let it keep going. They can lower the benefits, which they could also do, right? Oh, you used to get 2000 a month. Now it's going to be 1500 or whatever it is, yeah. right? I don't know what, what the number is uh, at the moment, but these are some of the things that they can do. They're probably not going to open up immigration and allow people to actually come here and improve uh, the economy. 
So she says we're going broke, and the young men who will play a huge role in determining our nation's future are going there with AI girlfriends in their pockets. While the concept of an AI girlfriend may seem like a joke, it really isn't that funny. It's enabling a generation of lonely men to stay lonely and childless, which will have a devastating will have devastating effects on the U.S. economy in less than a decade. I mean, I don't think that's what is wrong with the economy. I just, I just really don't think so. No, I- and I don't think AI girlfriends is going to like let's say AI didn't happen I mean obviously it was probably going to but let's say you know different timeline AI didn't happen these same guys would still busy themselves with video games or whatever yeah porn I I just don't think it's going to become as popular as she's making it sound like an entire generation like I bet I don't know anyone who's doing this it's totally ridiculous and to blame the fate of the economy on AI girlfriends. I mean, like, come on. We, I can point out a hundred other things that are wrong with the, you know, that are contributing to the demise of the U.S. economy. Well, if anything, AI is going to be economically beneficial oh, I'm because sure. it's going to help with automation and various yeah. different tasks that humans don't really want to do. It's going to certainly change the economy. I think overall for the better especially considering like most people don't want to do menial jobs anymore i just don't think the answer is like well we need to have more babies so we can tax them (laughs) we need all of these babies to work so we can tax them and and from this perspective i almost am encouragement i mean this kind of is encouraging like go ahead get the ai girlfriend sit around and be a drain, and then let's crash the system sooner rather than later. I mean, yeah. great. Let's Social Security. People need to know Social Security is not likely going to be there for you. If you are in your 30s today, or your 40s, or your 20s, or whatever, you shouldn't be planning on yeah, this. Don't count yeah. on it. Okay, and don't don't they already um, actually openly admit that it will be gone in less than 20 years anyway? I don't think it's going to be gone, but it's going to be insolvent, I think, is the the terminology. You know, there's not enough money coming in to pay the money going out. So that'll mean they'll have to either raise the retirement age or lower the benefits or maybe just print the money and then pay it that way. And that would, of course, shoot inflation up uh, even faster than it's uh, it's currently happening. I mean, it's on a disastrous track regardless and how they're going to deal with it you know it's going to be effed up because the government fails at everything that they try yep. to do so they're not going to they're not going to succeed at failing social or at uh, saving social security it's just going to make matters worse but you know all, for all the the her, the hand-wringing about ai girlfriends it's just you know what like you said do you even know someone that's doing this i mean i feel like I, if i did Would they you wouldn't know? tell me but yeah. i yeah per- possibly I just, it doesn't sound plausible considering the fact that there's like girls on the internet, um, on Tinder or whatever that would be happy, just happy enough to at least talk to you. And that's all they're Maybe. doing, talking. Maybe. It's not like, it's I mean, not like st- we're at hologram st- levels where you can have a hologram girl in your bed. The stats on Tinder, though, don't they show that most women don't, um, don't they like, don't women date like the top 5% of guys on Tinder or that's something just some like that? some kind of weird Probably. incel statistics. How, how do you even know if you go on there and like I think every Tinder single has one? Statistics that they come out with. Or something. If you go on there and like every single girl on there that isn't really, really ugly, like you're just not going to get anyone reply to you. Like, come on. I don't know. Couldn't tell you. I I believe that you could. And um, it, I, either way, it doesn't have to just be Tinder. Like, there's Twitter. You know, you can just hop in someone's DMs and get someone to talk to you. All it is is talking. It's not, mm. and and not even talking to a real girl. 
So I just don't really see why anyone would do this. What do you think? Do you want to get paid to sit around and smoke crack all day? <laughs> 603-283-6160. It's Free Talk Live. We're talking about AI girlfriends. control 603-283-6160 is the phone number to call in with whatever's on your mind 603-283-6160 and in the stu- in the studio with you tonight it's me bonnie nikki it's ian and let's go straight to the phones we have tom in new hampshire tom what's on your mind well it's about collectivism versus defense now I was a victim of collectivism. I know what what that's like. It was an unforgivable hate crime. Uh, On 24 May 1979, Governor Hugh Gallon signed a bill raising the drinking age in New Hampshire to 20. I was 19 at the time. And I see the issue was that some of these people who were 18 and 19 years old who were drinking lawfully, uh, some of them would then go out and drive. And therefore, instead of punishing the ones that commit the crimes, they would go out and they, let's just uh, commit this unforgivable attack on the fundamental rights and basic human dignity of everybody who's 18 or 19, even if they've never driven drunk or any of that stuff, because mm-hmm. uh, they don't. And it was a wake-up call for me in many ways because I realized that the country really is overrun with deranged, degenerate punks who don't give a fire truck about somebody else's rights. Because no matter how well you can express the flaws in their lines of reasoning and prove that this is a blatantly unjust law, they don't care. Nope, they don't care. It's for the children. Now, uh, the other part of this is, now getting on to defense, after the, the uh, Battle of Palmdale, where that deputy got killed on September the 16th, I built a web page, the Deputy Ryan Clinkenbrumer Memorial Page, and I explain exactly why uh, Ian and Bonnie are totally wrong about where to draw the line between collectivism and defense, because the cops all are an organized force. They all signed up to go on a mission to commit uh, violations of the non-aggression principle. And when you say violations of the non-aggression principle, a simple name for that is aggression. They all signed up to commit unprovoked acts of aggression against innocent people. And therefore, just like uh, the Battle of Concord, where uh, the British soldiers were advancing and people just started gunning down as many as they could, and the Battle of Bunker Hill on... Well, hold on, hold on. I'm pausing you there because I, I, I want to be able to respond. I, I'm putting you on hold because if I talk, then you hear me in the background mm-hmm. instead yeah, of uh, got a weird phone. turning it up and down every single time someone's talking. It's too hard. Um, I'm putting you on hold because I want to say, just because I agree that every single cop is signing up to commit acts of aggression against people. But the thing is, asking you to, or forcing you to pay a $50 fine, 
I don't think that that is answerable with like killing someone. That's why. And that's it's what not... he's referring to. He's talking yeah. about a cop that, that got shot in was the shot at just sitting in his car at a red light. Yeah. So, what do you think about that, Tom? Well, it's not the end of the world if you get a mosquito bite and you still kill the mosquito, don't you? Mos- humans aren't mosquitoes. Thanks for the call. I mean, yeah, I, that's just I mean... terrible logic. I mean, he can't answer my simple question without calling um, a killing a human being the same thing as killing a mosquito. Stupid. Yeah. I get like not really having respect for cops, but right, it is still like I don't. To me, like I, to me, if I were to just go and like kill a random cop, that's not self defense because they didn't actually aggress on me to begin with. Like well, he would say, they're always aggressing. Yeah, just their existence, right? Mm-hmm. Just because they're cops, they're a constant threat. Yeah, I don't agree with that. I could agree that they, as soon as they signed up, um, they were committing an act of, um, not committing an act of aggression, but they're signing up to go commit active aggressions. And most things they do are active aggressions. But I don't think that most things that they do are answerable, like you for you to retaliate with killing them. Like what most of the things that cops do to you in your day in your life is not like you shouldn't kill them in response or anyone doing those same things. Yeah, uh, this is something that certain hosts of this show in the past have uh, kind of come similarly advocated, I guess. Uh, They they get all excited if they hear about a cop getting killed, and uh, those hosts currently aren't on the air on this program. But this is not an uncommon belief system among some libertarians. However, uh, and you may be able to say that, well, okay, well, what if the cop was pulling you over at the time? Then do you have a right to, because then they're using force against you. They are threatening to uh, to yeah, hurt but you. Like, writing a ticket, like if I'm getting a speeding ticket, I'm not like, oh, well, like better, you know. I, you that, or me. Yeah, like t- to me, it's not, like, like you said earlier, Bonnie, like the, it's not equal, you know, like writing me a ticket, it doesn't warrant death. But to pull you over in the first place, they have to threaten you with violence in order to get you. Because if you don't pull over, they're going to run you off the road. Yeah, right? of course. But, Possibly shoot you or shoot your tires but out. But to or me, like, like that's that. still not equal to to well, like it's never warrant. Equal. It's yeah. never equal because they have the legitimacy to get away with these things. Yeah. So like even in circumstances False where legitimacy. like we had cops bombing our home, and you just didn't happen to be here at the time. Yeah. Wait. What? Uh, they they literally threw an explosive device outside oh. of our bedroom window in 2021. They ran a bear cra- uh, bear cat into uh, the other side of the home. Well, I wasn't they gonna get into that. Into, they but... smashed in two windows, and still we did not respond with violence. We yeah. remained peaceful. It's not because, because it's not a good idea. Well, right. Be, not because you couldn't justify it. Like, as you can see, yeah, you Tom, can justify it, yeah, Tom, can justi- Tom is justifying it based on their simple existence. But because it's simply not a good strategy, this is what these people are looking for. And that's why people like Tom, and I don't think it's true about Tom, but people who say things like what Tom says are in many cases actually cops that are working undercover to try to gin up conflict, to try to gin up violence, to get people to behave violently because they want the excuse to crack down even harder. All your, quote, um, anti-government meme pages you follow that uh, talk about how great Ted Kaczynski is. Yeah, sure. That's uh, that's what the bomber uh, from Oklahoma City, I think. 
No, I don't think was he the Unabomber. I mean, um, yeah, isn't that the Uni? The Unabomber. I thought he was Oklahoma City. I think no, he's not Oklahoma City. He was the one that mailed bombs. Oh, to really? Yeah. Okay. Who was the Oklahoma City guy? I don't. I don't remember. remember. Well, anyway. They were but both. see, but like I was about to take that angle. I was about to say, oh yeah, most of the cop interactions in my life were not answerable with uh, killing them. And then I was like, maybe I shouldn't talk about that because I forgot about some. But I'm not saying that it would ever be a good idea or something I would personally choose to do. Yeah. And the thing about it is, it's just they they have more people with guns than them, and they have a bunch of people that think that it's never okay to... They have all these like normies that live around you that are your neighbors and people mm-hmm. you work with who will just think it's never okay to defend yourself against the cops because they're, right. the, they're the cops. Whether you... Not just killing them, but like even just refusing to pay tickets. You have people that you see every single day who just think it's not okay. You should just do what they tell you. The people because- on the jury, in my case, seemed to think it was totally okay for uh, for the cops to do yeah. what they did to us. And we were completely peaceful, and they still thought the cops, even though the, uh, they were obviously ridiculously violent in yeah. what they did with us here, but they, it didn't seem to matter to the, to the jury because people believe that the police have legitimacy even if they've seen the police doing things that they shouldn't do even if they've seen stories about george floyd or you know whatever other corruption that they've seen with the police they still tell themselves i mean it's like they didn't care when the prosecution brought up um that you accused a black man of not being possibly um able to be a ceo of a business like Mm. we don't really know what these people that we don't know think yeah we don't but what we know is that no matter how violent the police have gotten no matter how insane uh they've behaved people still believe that it's just a few bad apples and that well we can just elect our way out of the problem and minor reforms will solve the issues we people in the the united states have not had enough of the police violence they have not had enough of police corruption and i don't know when they'll have enough but we're not there yet unfortunately and again i'm not saying that there's a circumstance where violence is justified i think we need to say stay peaceful i think that uh, if we are to be advocating for peace and that's what we advocate on this show then um you know using retaliatory violence or quote Oh, well, they're already, you know, aggressing, so it's not retaliatory. Uh, This is all just an excuse to get violent. And that is what those people want you to do. That's why they have the Bearcats. That's why they have the armor. That's why they have the sniper rifles. They have the drones. They have the budget. They have the millions of billions of dollars, and they're ready to use it. And they have the support of the average person. And they don't know what to do when it comes to someone who... Or a group of people who's peaceful. They don't know what to do with peaceful civil disobedience and that sort of thing. They are not prepared for it, and they can handle it. So that's why we need to remain peaceful. Because if you remain peaceful in the face of violent people, then at the very least, people who are somewhat sane will be able to see who the yeah. true, truly violent people are. Not always, like in the my case they weren't able to see it uh but they're more likely to see it if you aren't also being violent yep i don't know i just think it's a bad idea well going on um semi related to the story we were talking about last how that woman was saying the we AI don't have girlfriends? enough yeah the lady that was talking about ai girlfriends she said ai girlfriends are a problem because well we don't have enough babies to pay for the future people on medicare I want to put that on a t-shirt. Tax the babies. <laughs> Tax babies. Um, yeah, well, this story is about food stamps program. The food stamps program in the United States is losing $1 billion every month to alleged fraud and errors. 
from Senator Ernst. Um, This is from ZeroHedge.com by Tyler Durnden. It says, the lawmaker, apparently Tyler, or not Tyler, um, Senator Ernst, it's not Ernest, there's only one E. Hmm. The lawmaker issued the warning in a September 26th press release announcing new legislation aimed at combating the alleged billions of dollars in monthly losses from the United States Department of Agriculture's Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program, SNAP, which allows low-income families with benefit cards um, to buy basic food items at approved grocery stores. Known as the Snapback Inaccurate Snap Payments Act, that's what he called it, the legislation would slash spending by nearly $1 billion a month by ensuring all errors, regardless of the in- amount, be counted. But let's go to the phones. We have David in New Mexico. What's on your mind, David? I was going to say, I don't, um, well, first of all, I have pretty good luck with cops with how I, how I uh, uh, the, the techniques that I use on them. What um, kind? Well, I just, I just, I know the law better than they do, and and I and I know that they that their job kind of sucks in a lot of different ways, and so I empathize with them, and I tell them, you know, I tell them what the law is, and I tell you, and I just flowchart it, you know, if you, if you do this, and I'm going to do this, and this is going to happen, so don't do this, knock this off. This is what I need you to do, and uh, and 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 you know, basically, like, well, you were you're in a military family, I basically act like I'm one rank above them, and I'm their commanding officer, and I tell them what's up. <laughs> And, and they're kind of programmed to respond that that way to respond to that, aren't they? So what? And you're saying that works? Works for me, but, but I'm me and I I don't, I, when, when I'm face to face with them, they can see they're dealing with somebody who's not taking any S and that I know what I'm talking about and that I will meet them in court if they really go uh, beyond what they're lawfully allowed to do. And and it never, never really gets that far because they, they see my demeanor Mm. And and I, and they don't and they don't aside from the ones that are total uh, uh, butt clowns, you know, I had to use the uh, the a word. But uh, aside from those that are that you just there's not much hope for them until some until they really get their fingers caught in the cookie jar. Um, aside from those guys, the total clowns, the other ones you can pretty much uh, I can pretty much use that technique with, and and they just you know, do only what they absolutely have to do and uh, and then see you later. Well, sorry, I kind of misspoke, but what I was saying was they're kind of programmed to respond to that. It it would make sense because they're, you know, they're trained, you know, hierarchy. I'm above you. You listen to me. Do everything I say. You don't question it, blah, blah, blah. So if you just start talking to them like that, you might be able to um, enter into their programming. Yeah, could very well be. But what I really wanted to uh, say was, I don't hear um, in your discussion of, like, say, you know, uh, bad policing or whatever it is, that that that's the symptom. The real problem is is that your your uh, what you call your government is actually not even legal government according to the founding documents uh, of the country. So, if as much as you don't like the highest law of the land, the laws of the land, if those were actually followed. You wouldn't have policing that you're as you complain about it because the government that has set up that policing wouldn't exist because they shouldn't exist because they're completely illegal because they don't follow the law. Well, what do you expect to do about them not following the law? Like just force them to start following the law? 
Well, if, if, if everybody, if every single person out there would uh, get up their, uh, their dander and, uh, and act uh, as much as they can, I know it's not in everybody's makeup to do this, but to tell every person that oppresses them that comes along, you know, usually in the government or a governmental partner, exactly what's up. You know, here's what's up. Here's what you're doing. Here's what I'm not going to do. Here's what's going to happen if you continue down this track. So, you know, go ahead, try us. If everybody would do that, it would start to correct. Well, you don't need everybody. I'll tell you this. I mean, I like where you're coming from on that, David, but all you really need is probably 5% or if you can get 10%, that'd be 10% 10% would be amazing. 5% would be enough. If you could have, like, for instance, Bonnie recently, I mentioned earlier, she took a parking ticket to court. Um, you know, if you had 5% of people with parking tickets taking them to court, they'd have to drop every single one of them. They, don't, they wouldn't have time uh, to prosecute all of that. If you had 5% of people taking all their speeding tickets, all you their... You really don't? You think it's that low that not even 5% no of people... No way in hell. Really? No way. Yeah. Uh, it was probably yeah. not even one percent. I mean, it took like an hour. That like, for blows mine. my mind. And they paid that lady twenty five dollars to. And that's just one person, but that they're paying to prosecute me to get fifteen dollars out of me. Twenty five dollars an hour. It, it doesn't monetarily make sense. Wow, that just really blows my mind. Because even like from like my kind of like normie statist family. They were like, oh, yeah, you always fight speeding tickets because the worst really? thing that they can say. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But, like the worst thing that you can say, they can say is no and whatever, but you might as well try because you don't want, you know, so I'm just surprised that more people don't. With, with the exception of if they if they if they hit you with court costs mm. and, and money is an issue to you and you end yeah. up with the, the speeding ticket plus a $70 court fee or $100 court fee or whatever. Well, the good news is in New Hampshire, there are no, um, officially, there are no court costs. They do have what they call the penalty assessment, where they will hit you with a 24% um, tax, essentially, on anything that you are found guilty uh, and you have to pay a fine. There's usually a 24%. So I guess you could call that the court costs. But in some states, you actually have to pay like $200 just to take something to trial, whether you win or you wow. lose. That's so weird. And so that's more of what I would consider to be a court cost situation, at least here in New Hampshire. And I don't think the penalty assessment applies to everything because whenever I've been convicted of like a parking ticket, it's still just the $10 ticket or whatever mm-hmm. it was. There's not yeah. like a 24%. Uh, it's not $12.40 or, or whatever. Uh, so, you know, I think it just depends if you have a place like New Hampshire where you've got a potential for this, then, you know, that's a good thing because we've actually got liberty minded people coming here who are more likely to do this stuff. But even among our community, Nikki, it is still not particularly common. There are not a lot of free staters. Like when's the last time you heard about a free stater taking anything to court in Manchester? I've... I haven't, but I don't know. I just don't. I I'm also don't. And they I apparently actually have a lot more free staters there, supposedly. They have a lot Absolutely, more free staters there. You know, if there's 200 people living in Manchester, somebody's got a parking ticket. Yeah. Some somebody within the last six months has gotten a parking ticket in the city of Manchester just by raw numbers. Mm-hmm. It's going to happen. I don't recall anybody ever announcing any kind of parking ticket trial in Manchester, in my recollection. Well, they might have done it, but they might just not have like publicly. Well, you know. now that's, that could be true. Um, in fact, there was a guy, um, Mo, 
who mm-hmm. uh, changed his name to Mary Smith re- recently, but he came to one of our social Sundays um, a few weeks back, and he was telling us about something that he did take to court in Manchester. Yeah. And my response to him was like, well, why didn't you wait? You didn't record this? And well, it was like a lot of funny stuff happened because yeah, they didn't believe crazy. him that he was Mary yeah. Smith. Yeah. yeah, no, yeah, he told me that story. And essentially they were trying to say, the the judge was trying to say, you're not Mary Smith. And he's like, no, literally, like I am. Yeah. yeah like yeah. that's my my name. It's like, wait, you didn't get this on video? No, <laughs> yeah. no, I didn't. Why didn't you ask us to come and record? Yeah. We would have come and recorded. Think about it. I would have driven out to Manchester. But that yeah, he didn't funny. think about it because it's not in the sort of the, uh, the zeitgeist or whatever right now for even the activist community to be doing this. Yeah. And he's unusual in that he even bothered to take it to trial. So like he got that part right, but he didn't get the part right about actually promoting it and yeah. letting other people come out and support him like we would have driven an hour plus from keen to come out to support him on this I'm like next time let us know we'll come out we'll record it we'll handle all that stuff you just yeah. do your thing and if and and i said like look if you do this then it encourages other people to do it yeah, absolutely and then if more people do it then maybe we'll get closer to what david's talking about here where more people are willing to throw a wrench into the system by simply standing up for their rights but it's never going to be everyone. <laughs> yeah. That'd be awesome. But 5%, I would be really impressed with. Well, right. thank you for the call, David. Um, yeah, I just think anytime you start saying, oh, if everybody did X, and I've definitely done it before myself, mm-hmm. too. Sometimes I get frustrated. Like, why can't people just see this? If everybody just X, then things would be better. But I mean, one way that they, quote unquote, they, the government and they <laughs> control people is just by making it. Well, you got to put all your energy into living every single day, into mm-hmm. surviving. Mm-hmm. So people aren't thinking about these things that seem pretty obvious to us. Well, and most people don't want to spend the morning going to court. They yeah. would much rather cut a check yeah. and pay the speeding ticket or pay the parking ticket and just, you know, be done with it. It's a huge hassle. I mean, for you, Bonnie, it was stressful. You were you were stressed out with like, okay, do I have all my questions? Yeah, you know, like the you- night before I had uh, my friend kind of training me not giving financial advice i mean not mm-hmm. giving a uh, legal advice though and um mm-hmm. i was it was like a homework um assignment like the next yeah. morning i was like okay you I'm had gonna to be pass. prepared yeah you did happen to win but you know it wasn't because you put no time into it you I did forgot put how based i am it. Uh, but this could be something that could get easier if more people are doing it. They could contribute to, like, I gave you a bunch of questions in advance that yeah, I had Yeah, and that's used. the other thing. Like, if I had just randomly decided to do this myself and I didn't know Ian Freeman, it would have been a lot harder. Like, I don't really know what to do next. How do you even learn that stuff? But my boyfriend, or my husband is a genius. Sorry, Ian. Well, you know, I had a lot of help and there's a lot of uh, time and effort that's been put into this. But yes, you can build off of what other people have already done. Well, what do you think? 603-283-6160. More coming up. the show last um, I'm sorry last segment of the show last about 30 minutes to get your calls in 603-283-6160 
That's 603-283-6160. And with you in the studio tonight, it's me, Bonnie. Nikki. It's Ian. And just finishing up this story here, we have been talking about Snap. I think we barely even started it. Well, yeah. The Snap, which is the United States Department of Agriculture's Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program. Welfare. Yeah, well, it's welfare for people who need food. EBT. And it describes it as well, only it's different basic... different that somehow, isn't it? Is it? It might be. I don't know anything well, about... Me it, neither. It but... is because it describes it as um, basic food items. But okay. it's like SNAP benefits. I've heard of this before. I think mm-hmm. it's similar to... Um, What's oh, EBT what stand called? for anyway? Electronic know. Benefit Transfer. Okay. So it's just the card. SNAP Sounds benefits like are provided through an okay. EBT That's, card. I thought they were somehow connected. But yeah. they're different mm-hmm. um, because you can get like benefits for being disabled and you can have EBT card. So but, um, EBT is the card and then SNAP, SNAP gets the... put through it, but you're saying other things can yeah. get put through it? Okay. So um, what's, what's weird about it is it describes it as basic food items, but I always see people complaining that like, Stupid things are um, allowed to be bought through it because it's like some things are like way expensive, like luxuries that aren't just a basic food item. Well, some things are. I'm pretty sure cigarettes. As long as like if you go to the grocery store and most grocery stores accept EBT cards and other sort of government benefits, whatever. I'm pretty sure you can buy whatever you want with them. I think there's restrictions. As, there's restrictions, but I don't think that they're like a lot of people sit, complain about them. I don't really mm-hmm. know the details. I don't know. I've seen people buy like crazy stuff, and that's and the then thing like some of them, about. and like you will see in the grocery stores, like some items will have that tag, like Snap, mm-hmm. and it'll say or or um or certain gas stations will say EBT accepted here. I was under the impression as long as like the store accepted it, you could essentially buy whatever you wanted with your EBT card. Okay, so I think it's true as far as like. They're not going to stop you from buying, uh, you know, filet mignon. You should be able yeah. to buy that. Um, but according to WAMU.org in an article about SNAP WIC EBT, apparently mm-hmm. WIC is the yeah, women, the women, infant women infant children. infants, children. Yeah. Um, what are the differences? It says households. So SNAP is what used to be called food stamps back in the day. Yep. They renamed the they renamed food stamps to SNAP. Uh, households can use these food stamps to buy all food intended to be eaten at home. This includes the four staple food categories, as well as non-alcoholic beverages, snack foods, soft drinks, candy, and ice. So, so yes, that's like everything. Okay, so not you cigarettes. You can buy a bunch of junk, but yeah, you, you can't buy cigarettes buy, or like alcohol. Yeah, you cannot buy cigarettes and alcohol. Hot foods. You cannot buy um, vitamins or medicines, pet foods, or items such as tissues, cosmetics, or soaps. Yeah. Hmm. That's what it says here. But that's like still a lot of stuff. I mean, you can buy a lot lot of candy, Mm -hmm. you know, and feed your kids Hmm. that. Yep. Well, um, apparently they're losing a billion dollars a month. Wait, is it a billion dollars a year? They're using no, they're losing a, year a billion a dollars every per month, month. Okay. Um, to alleged fraud and errors. So this um legislator, Senator Ernst, put in a bill called the Snapback Inaccurate Snap Payments Act. And the legislation would slash spending by nearly one billion a month by ensuring all errors, regardless of the amount, be counted. The bill also directs state governments to stop handing out benefits. Ensuring all errors. Ensuring with an E. Ensuring, yeah. okay. All errors, regardless of the amount, be counted. I don't understand what that means. Just, I don't really understand it either. Just 
they so, need to be counted, like maybe as errors. Yeah, I don't know. How do know, you know I it's guess... an error if you if it's a mistake? I don't know. Yeah, I don't yeah, know, I don't and know. I don't know how this is going to do anything about the fraud that's uh, going on out well, there. Well, that's what it's getting into. It says, the bill also directs state governments to stop handing out benefits to individuals who are not eligible, mm. requires states to pay back what they owe, and directs states to recollect SNAP overpayments, ensuring that each household only receives exactly what they're eligible for. Yeah, and I've heard of a lot of people who like are on this sort of thing. Um, they will get extra money sometimes, mm. or they'll like accidentally or... A lot of people during COVID were applying for unemployment and all of these benefits without actually qualifying for them. And the um, like the Social Security or whatever office takes care of this. They were so overwhelmed that they were just like approving everybody. They weren't even really mm. like looking into mm. who was applying. They're just approving everybody. And then a lot of people didn't actually qualify. And I did hear of some people who were scamming the system, so to speak, and they had to pay money back. So to me, this sounds like rearranging deck chairs on the Titanic. I mean, this (laughs) is I mean, a billion dollars a month for the federal government isn't a whole lot of money, all things considered. And, you know, this guy isn't proposing an abolishment of welfare. So like, whoopee do he's going to pass some bill that he thinks is going to do something about this. I mean, I don't know if I believe it's going to. Uh, and you probably won't know for years anyway before they can come up with new statistics. And then they'll throw up their hands and they'll be shocked by some other ridiculous thing. I don't well, know. It's hard to really care. The last thing. Additionally, the legislation will hold states accountable for payment error rates to incentivize better management of funds and improve the accuracy of SNAP payment error rates by requiring all errors be reported. So it's kind of weird. Like, how are they not getting reported? It's bureaucracy. I mean, there's there's all kinds of things that'll probably drop, fall through the cracks with uh, bureaucrats. And there's not going to be any kind of punishment for anybody who doesn't report the things. It's just, well, you guys have been doing this wrong for the last 50 years, so now we're going to make it so you have to pay us back. I mean, whoopee-doo. Hmm. says the number of Americans enrolled in the SNAP program um, increased from... 35.7 million in 2019 to 41.2 million wow. in 2022. So like Not we have to That's a big over. increase. People can't afford to eat. Like a lot of these people It's going to get worse too. Like legitimately they are people complain about welfare all the time. I think a lot of people that are on welfare genuinely couldn't afford groceries without it. Are they working? Maybe. Maybe they have a minimum wage job. Maybe they're not working. I think you maybe can't just... work uh, to a certain point, or else they'll cut you off of welfare. Um. Yeah. That like. But I think EBT is different. Like, I think if you have a bunch of kids and you have like a full time minimum wage job, or maybe you're making like twenty dollars an hour or something they'll like give that. Give it to you. Yeah, I think you can still qualify as long as you apply for it. Mm. As far as like unemployment and disability and stuff like that goes, it would mm. definitely get slashed if you were actually working. But I know a lot of people that work and get um, EBT and different SNAP benefits. But I don't. I think if you don't work, you get a lot more. So mm. you just have to like make up some disability. I get headaches. I can't mm-hmm. work. Whatever, and then collect money and then sell crack on the side or whatever. Well, it says meanwhile, SNAP costs rose from sixty point three billion in twenty nineteen, the last year before the COVID nineteen pandemic, to a record setting one hundred and nineteen billion dollars in twenty twenty two. It's just like those numbers well, yeah, are so I high; mean, it almost doesn't shock. Inflation uh, is a thing, and so if you got. I don't know what they tend to give these households, but if you got a hundred, you know, a hundred dollars a week before 2020, 
that hundred dollars a week probably isn't buying what you know two hundred dollars yeah, is buying now. Absolutely. So you know they're going to have to increase the benefits going out to the SNAP people in order to get the same amount of groceries mm-hmm. that they were getting before. I'm not saying they should. I'm not saying these things should exist. I'm just telling you that's what's likely going to happen. You know they can do all the cleanup that they want. They can trim a billion here or make the states pay half a you know billion here or there or whatever but ultimately they're going to if their intention is to pay for people's meals they're going to have to pay more for those meals because the prices have, have gone up and that means the productive people are going to be paying more it means you're going to be working if you're a productive person you're working to pay for people who will not work and who refuse to work yeah and that's this, why getting this, rid of this program would be the best way to help uh taxpayers and this woman it's like her name's Joni Ernst. Ernst. She's like going off, like making herself sound like some kind of a savior of taxpayers when she could be doing a lot more. This if is she the just politician. Got rid of this program, yeah. Ah, uh, okay. She says families across the country are going hungry while bureaucrats are jumping in the line to gobble up SNAP dollars, either as a meal ticket to beef up state budgets or as a self-serve buffet of benefits for themselves or others who do not qualify. Oh, okay. So I see. I didn't really like understand exactly what they were talking about by like errors and people abusing the system but so she's saying it's people within the system abusing yeah. the, the system I mean, yeah, i'm shocked to find out there's malfeasance yeah. within the government but you know people never think of the solution as get rid of the system that allows people to do the thing that's wrong they're just no, like we can not. fix the system yeah just more reforms well and that's the thing it's like we're just putting like a band-aid on a hemorrhage and she's like, using, that's not helping she's using this to make herself sound like a you know badass politician who's here to uh, help you yeah i'm snapping back she says it's time for states at fault to pay the piper and eat the costs of their taxpayer waste see i hate these those uh, um you know terms that you hear only ever hear politicians use the tough talk or whatever Yeah. yeah Um, she says, instead of over-serving bureaucrats, let's end the waste and set a place at the table for hungry families yeah let's help that's what government is here for is to help people right Yeah. Well, that's basically it. No, the government is not here to help people. The government is here to uh, enrich themselves at the cost of the productive and use the money that they steal from you and I to benefit their buddies. And they give out welfare to get people's allegiance. They Mm -hmm. want... They want millions of people to be on the government dole, so they will always vote for the government. They will always vote for more state, more welfare, more government programs, more cradle to grave uh, being taken care of. And that is not what, you know, that's not how you create a healthy, vibrant economy with innovation and, you know, creation of new products and things. Yeah, absolutely not. Well, You get losers that way. That's well, you get dependence that way, mm-hmm. and that's what they want. They yep. want people to be dependent on the system, and it's like, why would I? Why would you care about the injustices that are going on when you get everything for free? You know, I, I love the government. I get mm. everything for free. Mm-hmm. I don't even have to. You know, I I have a you know BMW, brand new flat screen TV, free groceries. I don't have to work. Yeah. Why wouldn't those people love the state? Yeah, and those I'm- type of people get on juries, and they're like. Well, this guy doesn't want to pay taxes. Mm-hmm. Well, then uh, F him. I just want to, you know, I like the government. I like what they do for me. He should pay taxes, too. I'm paying taxes, blah, blah. Yeah, I'd like to see into the average welfare home and see how many televisions they have. I bet you they got more than one big flat screen television. Absolutely. One in every kid's room. You know, kids have cell so, phones. So real quick, my friend was living in low income housing in, mm-hmm. in the projects. 
and she told me I it was like I think it was during COVID, so it was like the day after everybody got their like all of the families, you know how they were getting extra money, like everybody was getting the seven hundred dollars or how much, it, however much it was, mm-hmm. but the families were getting more. So she, she was telling me that on the day after, like the families got their check. People were coming in like with a bunch of Walmart bags, like people were coming in with brand new flat screen TVs, like, and it was, so she was like literally all day, her, her thing that she was doing to entertain herself was looking at her window and watching her neighbors that were living in, you know, government section eight housing, watching them drag in all of these expensive, like flat screen TVs, whatever. And, you know, when I would go to visit her at her house when she was living there, there'd be BMWs, like there was... Some nice car, like not all of the cars there were nice, like sure. there were some normal cars, but it's like, typically if you're driving a Beamer, like why are you're you living in the right. projects? Yep. Yeah. You know, it's like, okay. Super weird. Well, Ian had a story about near-death experiences. Uh, Well, at least one near-death experience from a man who previously had described himself as an atheist. The story from the Jerusalem Post at jpost.com. There are many unanswered questions in life. The essence of life, existence beyond our planet, and what lies ahead after death. These mysteries have perplexed brilliant minds worldwide with divergent beliefs about the afterlife. While some strongly believe in heaven and hell or reincarnation, others deny the existence of an afterlife, proclaiming that we simply cease to exist. However, one man's encounter during a near-death experience has challenged this disbelief. Jose Hernandez, at the time an avowed atheist, has shared how a life-altering incident transformed his perspective. Speaking to the YouTube channel Shaman Oaks, or rather Shaman Oaks, Hernandez recounts his extraordinary journey that began with a routine work assignment as an engineer. His near-death experience occurred while fixing an electrical issue from mm. atop a bucket truck. He says, I was a staunch atheist. As an engineer, I focused solely on logical explanations. But that day, everything changed. We were running late, and my partner, concerned for my safety, inadvertently crashed our truck into a tree. With concern for his safety? (laughs) Yeah, that's kind of confusing. The impact left me with multiple broken ribs, and I was rushed to the emergency room. Oh, I thought it was going to have something to do with getting electrocuted, but... At the hospital, uh, Hernandez's breathing ceased, and medical staff fought desperately to save his life. In that critical moment, he found himself contemplating God and making a promise, if you get me through this, I'll change, he said. It was then that he noticed a mysterious presence in the room. He says, I saw a shadow standing by the door. At that point, I thought, I've endured so much in life, perhaps it's fine to let go. Well... And the moment the shadow touched my toe, an overwhelming sense of relief, calm, peace, and love engulfed me. It was euphoric, he said. As medical professionals performed CPR on him, Hernandez claims the shadow spoke to him. He said, next, I found myself suspended in the corner of the room, observing the resuscitation efforts. A voice beside me said, think of your body as a car. This vehicle has traveled 8 million miles, and there's nothing more we can fix. It's time to bid farewell to your body. The voice instructed me, okay, it's time to move on. 
Weird. Why'd he come back then? Following this, Hernandez describes a descent into a black hole where he experienced flying and witnessed mesmerizing cities, breathtaking forests, and wild herds of animals in motion. In this celestial realm, he was assured that he would be able to see his children, and most significantly, he was reunited with his father. He said, when I met my father on the other side, I realized that sometimes we may be unable to express certain things here, but elsewhere we can, he said. Near-death experiences often share common elements, with many individuals reporting similar experiences during CPR. While some interpret these encounters as evidence of consciousness beyond the physical realm, medical professionals offer an alternative explanation. Emeritus professor of biochemistry William Revel, in an article in the Irish Times, argues that near-death experiences reflect brain activity during moments of oxygen deprivation. It's so dumb because that has been disproven, and people just say it. Like, there's not, like, studies that disprove that. Because they, they talks about it, and if you read Melvin, Dr. Melvin Morris's books, how they will do studies where they purposely deprive, like, the people's brains of oxygen, or study people whose brains are being deprived of oxygen, and it doesn't create these things. It'll create hallucinations, like, sometimes, um, like, oh, I see something in the room, it's not there. But it doesn't create these things that near-death experiences have specific... Um, elements to them not all of the people who have the experiences are being oxygen deprived either yeah that's the other thing it's just so dumb like doctors will just say that so that way somebody reading this article will be like okay no i have an explanation so i can move on and go uh, well isn't there still uh, brain activity after people are dead i don't know if it has anything to do with oxygen but yeah after people die their brain is still lighting up in uh certain ways apparently i've heard that before but maybe not everyone i don't know He suggests the reports of a light at the end of a tunnel may be the result of falling oxygen levels in the retina, creating tunnel vision. In Jose Hernandez's case, his near-death experience challenged his atheism and opened his eyes to the possibility of an afterlife. I feel like we got not the whole story here, like... Hmm. You know, like he said, uh, you know, or like you said, Bonnie, why did he end up coming back if, if he the yeah. spirit was, was telling him, all right, it's time to die? Yeah, already crossed over. Uh, obviously, this is not a particularly detailed retelling here, but apparently the full story is available on this YouTube channel, which well, is called Shaman Oaks. S-H-A-M-A-N, Shaman Oaks. Um, since that, if that story is like over, right? And we're not going to listen yep. to the YouTube channel or video. Well, it just got me thinking... Because the last segment I was, or the last story I was thinking, like, what causes someone to be someone who's just okay with being a welfare person and just, like, not accomplishing much in their life and sitting around watching a big screen TV from their Section Mm -hmm. 8 housing? Um, And I I was just sitting here thinking, like, it's not like when COVID-19 happened and I lost my job because of... I didn't get fired, but all of a sudden I wasn't able to be a waitress and I could only basically pack food up for people who are coming to take it away and Mm. i was making like no money um so i could have quit my job and then um claimed it was because of covid and just sat on the couch and got six hundred dollars a week or whatever it was but it was just like that's against my nature Mm -hmm. it's it's not nothing it wasn't even me being like i'm a libertarian like i had been spent years i already knew what libertarianism was but i already like spent years committed to um, like I'm just going to be a normie because there's basically nothing you can do about it. That's basically how I was living my life. It had nothing to do with like ideology. It's just like ho- who I am as a person. I can't, I wouldn't feel good just sitting around collecting $600 um, um, a week doing nothing. Like I wanted to go do Uber Eats and I was making way more money doing that than I even was 
uh, waitressing in good times because like mm-hmm. people all of a sudden just wanted to sit at home and buy Uber Eats food. Um, and so I was at least doing as good as the $600 a week people at, at the very beginning. And um, I, I was just thinking, like, what's it that causes people to be different? Like, I think it's taught. It's a taught behavior. Like, they, this is like a family disease. You were raised right, basically. Yeah. You were you were raised by people who. Okay, my sister's raised you... exactly like me. Is not like that. You're one of your sisters, not right. the one that's not here the right one, now. Not okay. all of them. <laughs> right. Okay. Well, that's a good question. I, obviously, environment and yeah, like nature versus nurture. There's, right. There's factors here, um, and maybe it is something that's inside of you, Bonnie. Maybe there is something that's natural to you that your sister doesn't have, despite the fact that you have the same parents. Uh, I mean, you've got some siblings, right, yeah. uh, Nikki? What about your your brothers, uh, sisters? So, so my sisters are both also hard hardworking, and mm-hmm. and you know, my sister has even said before, like the reason why she is so hardworking is because she watched my father run his own business and watched my mother we like work full time while taking care of kids. And I kind of, I also have a very strong work ethic. You know, I I usually have yeah. multiple jobs, um, and my other sister as well. So. For us, at least, like we kind of attributed that to towards like the way we were raised in like watching our parents. Um, yeah. Maybe if I had more siblings, like Bonnie has a lot more siblings than I do. Mm. Maybe if I had more siblings, you know, we'd have at least one or two that were like, you know, a loser or whatever. But yeah, I mean, I had a good uh, upbringing as well. You know, my parents were also entrepreneurial people, and uh, I was raised where I went to work with my mom Mm -hmm. and, you know, worked from a very young age. So I've always had a good work ethic and I've never considered just sitting around like I, I've got to have things to do. Yeah. How boring, right? Like I I would get so bored that for one thing, um, another thing I think it is, it's just, I've always had this like feeling like I just have something I got to do. Like I, I, I have something I have to do for like, first of all, I've always believed in a higher power Mm -hmm. and, Second of all, I've always believed in like basically this like fight going on. Like there, I don't want evil to win, and I don't know what it is. I just feel like that it's not necessarily that it's. I think I'm gonna get something done by working Uber Eats. I don't know how to explain it. I just think that uh, if I'm just sitting at home, just doing things all for my own pleasure all day. Well, they say idle hands do the devil's work. It, It would just you know I wouldn't ever get put in the right position to end up doing good things or I don't know. I just think that people like that have such boring outlooks. Like mm-hmm. yeah. all there is for me in this planet is to sit around watching the, TV. Get the next check. Yeah. Free ride. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Like for me, I like a lot of my work, I actually genuinely enjoy. So like, I'm not only like just doing this for, for money. Like, That's part of it. Some people probably have jobs that they hate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like to them being able to pay, getting paid to stay home is like a, a relief better, yeah. or something like that. But still, they don't have that drive to go out and do something better. Because if you yeah. work at a job that you hate, well, there was a time within the last couple of years where you could literally walk away from your job mm-hmm. and go get any other job that yeah. you wanted to. Now, that's not as easy now as I understand it. Some businesses are actually cutting jobs rather than hiring. But, you know, two years ago, you could literally throw a stone and hit every business and they're all they were all hiring. Well, so. I just kind of bring it up because it's been uh, studied and a lot of people studying it have come to the conclusion that people who have near-death experiences, they go from, mm. oh, the material realm is the only thing. Like this man said, mm-hmm. he used to feel that way and now he doesn't. He thinks that there's more to life it than changed him. just that. Yeah. And um, I just think that if more people had those 
um, beliefs that less people would just be sitting around in their Section 8 housing, watching their big screen TVs and thinking there's nothing mm-hmm. else to life. That's all. Yeah, I'll, sh- I'll share the link to this, the actual interview with this guy at social.freetalklive.com. Just follow the at FTL account there. Well, this has been Free Talk Live. We'll see you again tomorrow. Peace. want to move to the free state and you're looking for some real estate well i know a guy who's really great it's the realtor mark ward now you can learn more about the awesome things happening here in new hampshire in our march toward liberty in our lifetime our friends at porcupine real estate are hosting a series of webinars to educate you on the expanded freedoms enjoyed by new hampshire citizens reserve your seat today at move.freetalklive.com Topics include gun freedom, medical freedom, and political freedom victories. They also have a couple on best practices for moving to the free state and finding housing. These webinars are super helpful and free to attend once you've registered at move.freetalklive.com. Visit their YouTube channel, Porcupine Real Estate, for videos from past presentations and sign up for upcoming webinars for free at move.freetalklive.com. Porcupinerealestate.com